welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. If you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. We've got some uh, callers online, so we will get to you guys in just a moment. I'm having some audio issues, so I am going to check something for a moment and play a track while I am doing that. The track I'm going to play is, where'd it go, where'd it go? I'm doing this all on the fly, right? Hey, well, let's do this one. Uh, Emily Kagan, and it's called Mother. Here we go. I'll be right back, guys. Mother, a vivisection. One. I am six years old with a floppy Holocaust picture book from my parents. A child's introduction to torture and mass graves, our family history on too much display. For all of the big-headed skeleton children, the cattle cars and piles of hair, there was one picture, a hillside, a man with a rifle aimed and cocked, the dangling of a child's leg from the insufficient arms of a woman who had stopped running. She has turned and offered up her useless back. I am still holding my breath, waiting for the bullet to crack. Two. The bodies were stacked, still warm, limp, like soft white towels, clean and patient lessons each. I didn't know I had picked a pregnant rat until she lay open before me on the black paraffin tray, her belly muscles yielding to my clumsy scalpel, and there they were, a tiny council semicircling her belly, plump and full as grapes, seven pink who-knows-what now. It took almost no effort, just a pinch and a small tug to pluck each one free. Three, this is where it comes undone. The years held together for boys who took and could never give enough in return, the holding of it all down, the occasional flailing limbs of the dead that would not stay dead, the Gestapo boots at the foot of the bed each night asking for polish, the children's bony fingers that begged from the fridge but would never eat, the photos on the nightstand of her grandchildren, now all but obscured by the forest of orange bottles she had planted, offering a way out of her too constant flesh. This is how your husband forgets your name, even though you fetch it for him again each morning with his coffee. How you still break yourself open on his grave, how you keep ghosts like family and family-like burdens. This is how you hold pity by the throat, crash the car twice in one day, sleep until noon, tell no one, pay someone else to wash your hair for you three times a week, keep up appearances at the luncheon while your family takes away your pills, cluck your tongue when you notice they even found the stash in the car, pick up your methadone from Walgreens, tell yourself only blacks and Mexicans become junkies. This is how you stay strong for your family. Incredible, incredible piece by her. We're going to be dealing with the tech issues as we go. Just kind of keep me posted whether you can hear me or not. But we're going to get started and we'll deal with it how we have to as we go. Again, welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe. The number to call in, 646-595-3965 if you would like to call in tonight. 
We have some stuff to go over. So while we do, make sure that you are getting out your pens and papers, quills, notebooks, whatever, because next we will be getting to our inspiration from the Inkwell mini workshop segment. So you want to be ready for that. All right. So the first thing I would like to do is take a moment and recognize and give thanks to our 2023 Broadcasting License Sponsors, those of you who stepped up and helped contribute towards our 2023 Broadcasting License, this in our 16th year of being on the air. I'm just so excited to be a part of this with you guys. I appreciate so much the way the community comes together and supports each other. And this is one of the really most, I mean, just beautiful ways that people have shown what we mean to them by making sure we stay on the air because we couldn't do this anymore without you guys. So our brand new 2023 broadcasting license sponsors are Annabelle Ashire, Anthony Arnold, Dave Kuhn, Debbie Kelly, Douglas Curry, George Wiley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Jade Miss, Jessica Miller, Karen DeWitt, Kristen Riley, Krista Dopek, Krista Dopek's dog, T.S. Elliott, Lori Binder, Lynn Perkins, Martha, Ch- Martha, Ch- you know, it's really funny, you guys, I have to share this with you, I'm sorry, but Martha is like one of my dearest friends, my best friends in the whole world. I do not know how to say her last name. I've never used her last name. I know how to spell it. I don't know how to say it. So right before the show, I sent her a message and it's like, I knew I was going to do this tonight, our new sponsors. It's like, oh my God, how can I not know how to say your name? So I was so embarrassed to send it, first of all, but second of all, yeah, so she said, this is the reply I got. The chief is sick. There is a, a sick chief at my house. Chief sick. So Martha, chief sick. Thank you. <laughs> Michael Emerald, Missy and Jimmy Ray Davis, Pineapple 16, Rebel Jones, Rich Hathaway, Robert and May Ryan, Curry Galloway, and Timothy Melton. I also want to make sure we thank those of you who made anonymous donations in the memory of Melvin Douglas Johnson, our Appalachian poet, Philip Kent Church, the music man, John Kays, Rain Man, Ray Neighbors, Rick Smith II, Glenn Steele, Charles C.B. Banks, King's Cadence, and Deep Enough. Thank you, all of you, for helping to make sure that we have stayed on the air for another year. We are just short of our goal for this year. Uh, we are actually, we, we've done really good. We're only $550 away from our goal. So if you're interested in, and this is the last that we're doing of this, if you're interested in helping us make up that extra bit there, you're welcome to. You can message me. You can find our GoFundMe under the Speakeasy Cafe Poetry. You can do, the show has a Cash App, a PayPal, and a Venmo. So you can do a donation any of those ways if you'd like to help kick us just a little bit closer. All right. So guess what? Guess what we do now? You ready? you have your pens ready? Do you have your paper ready? I hope so. It is time right now for Inspiration from the Inkwell, our mini workshop. (laughs) Now, as I go through this, if you miss anything, don't panic, okay? Uh, You can come back and listen to the beginning of any of these programs. 
in our podcast, in our archives, and write down anything that you missed. And remember, we have 16 years' worth of podcasts on here. It's a great tool for you to utilize when you're looking for something to write about. All right, so let's jump right into this with our all-important poetry prompts. Now, as I go through these, keep in mind that poetry prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. Now, with that said, the prompt can be the title of the poem, it can be a line in your poem or the general concept of your poem. Beyond that, what you do with these is entirely up to you. So these are really kind of fun because I did this last week and I did it again this week. Right before the show, I popped up a post on my Facebook page saying, hey, give me poetry prompts for tonight. And it's the first time that I've really done this. And it's been a lot of fun because some of the stuff you guys come up with is just silly and fun and amazing and incredible and inspiring. So we might do this for a little bit every week. Throw that up there and see what we can find. So these are prompts from you, you guys, the community. You ready? Number one, morning stole my stars. Morning stole my stars. Number two, a shelter dog's plea. A shelter dog's plea. Three, serving my obsession. Serving my obsession. Poems written in scars, like a scar, you cut yourself and you get a scar. Poems written in scars. Five, bad example. Six, my inner voice cries. That one's really, if you really think about, that's pretty deep, that one. I like that one. My inner voice cries. What could make your inner voice cry? Number seven, lethal cure. Lethal cure. That's a great one, too. Eight. Walking upside down. Walking upside down. Nine. Bloodshot skies. Bloodshot skies. Number ten. That poem was so dope. That poem was so dope. Eleven. Babysitting. Babysitting. Number twelve. Came home to an open door. Came home to an open door. Thirteen. What is freedom while slavery exists? What is freedom while slavery exists? Number 14, poetry is what you do to me. Poetry is what you do to me. And my edition for this week, number 15, is explaining to the therapist my codependent relationship with my muse. Explaining to the therapist my codependent relationship with my muse. That's my addition for the week. All right, remember, you can write one poem per prompt. You can mix and match the prompts or use all the lines in one poem. You're feeling really froggy. Next, we're going to go over your pick-apart-a-prompt writing exercise. This is what you should do before you sit down and write to any of the 15 prompts that I just gave you. In fact, you should do this before you sit down and write to any subject. All right? It is to highlight and teach you that what you do with a prompt before you write to it is far more important than what is written to it. It helps us get away from the knee-jerk reactions, the typical things that our inspiration pulls us to when we are faced with something that inspires us. It's muscle memory. So it's to push beyond that, push beyond the fluff and find the darker stuff, the things that are hiding in corners. Find the poems that aren't typical, that aren't basic, that aren't common inspiration to that 
thing that inspired you. <laughs> I was trying, why am I talking about Captain Kirk? This is your prompt, me, Mia, whatever. Okay, anyway. So to start this, before you begin writing the prompts, I want you to first go to your journals and open to a clean page. Starting at the top, I want you to write down the first prompt, which I believe was Morning Stole My Stars. Or Stole the Stars. Morning Stole My Stars. That's right. I want you Mitch. I want you to write that at the top of the page. And then underneath, I want you to explore and kind of poke around each of the prompts and write down at least six different poems you could write to that one prompt. So instead of writing a poem to it yet, I want you to tell me at least six ideas for six different poems you could write to it. When you're done with the first one, the second, all the way down to number 15, until you have at least six different poem ideas for each of the six or the 15 prompts. And I promise you won't get through this without something grabbing you, running away with you, and it's going to be freaking amazing. And you're going to kick yourself in the butt for not doing this the last, you know, 16 years. Why am I just now starting? Oh, my gosh. When you finish, I hope that you've – I just lost my place. I have notes I follow, very loose notes, like, 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 like hieroglyphics, you know, type in notes I try to follow. It's easy to get lost if you, if you could see me laugh. Anyway, that's it for your pick apart a prompt writing exercise. We are going to move now to it, to our uh, writer's block is just an urban legend mythbuster writing assignment. I really need to make that shorter, but now that it's that, I don't can't think of any, I don't know what to cut out. It's like but every single word in there is necessary. Writer's block is just an urban legend mythbuster writing assignment. So we're here to dispel the myths that writer's block exists. It's the crutch we use. What we think is writer's block is that we sit down to write a poem and we can't think of a poem to write. Therefore, we have writer's block, right? Oh, I want to write a poem, but I can't think of a poem. Oh, my gosh, I have writer's block. If we can pick up the pen and scribble on paper, we are writing. Therefore, how can writer's block be a real thing? It is not. The next time we sit down to write a poem and feel stuck or nothing jumps out at us or, you know, we when that happens, we can't beat ourselves up with it. We can't use it as an excuse to write nothing. You know, and we absolutely cannot give it a name, which gives it power over us by calling it something it's not. The solution is simple. If we sit down to write, no ideas are there at the moment. We don't get up. We don't set down the pen. We just do something else. Doing something else that engages our creative, the creative part of our brain will by default fuel our inspiration. So this week, we are going to just have some fun with words, because we love them, right? So we're going to have some fun exploring them and playing with them. I have a very, very old leather-bound thesaurus that I carry with me in my book bag, and I call it my laptop. It's like one of my favorite books in the world to read. There's the three books I take with me all the time. I always have them with me, and that's one of them. So in your journal, I want you to start out this by writing down a list of 20 random words words you like, just whatever, whatever words you want, write down 20 random words. Then I want you to look them up in the thesaurus, either a, a book in book form or online. I use when I, the thesaurus writing page I use is Rhyme Zone. It's just, it's got a tons of stuff on there. It's a really great uh, resource. So it's rhymezone.com. And you can, I use that when I'm online, I use that as my thesaurus or if I'm not online, then I use my leather 
So if you are doing it online, check out RhymeZone if you don't have a good thesaurus online. So I want you to start by writing down the first word and then write down all the other words, the ones you like, the words you like, all the other words you like that you can use to replace that original word. And you'd be surprised at what you're going to find, the, the things you're going to, I mean, you're going to learn, and you're building your vocabulary. What, I mean, it's win-win, right? So anyway, I want you to, when you're doing this, I want to make sure that you actually, don't just read it. I want you to actually physically write it down on paper. Because in doing that physical act, you can retain the information much better. Okay, so actually have a little journal or a notebook or whatever it you use and write it down because it's going to stick with you more. I have this thing that, like when I'm writing poems, I never like to use the same word twice unless I'm writing about something that I want to intentionally be repetitive. So if I'm writing something and I use like what, the word wandering, I wouldn't use it again in the same poem. I would find another descriptive word that means the same thing, like meandering or prowling or roaming, boring, traveling, musing, venturing, avoiding, straying, bottling, halting, flitting, campering, hop out, gamboling, or wool gathering, or land looping, wayfaring, or how about mandivagat? Divagant, mud. I just learned this one today. It was mud, not mun, mandivagant, mandivagant, which means, literally means wandering around the world. That's a great word once I learn how to say it correctly. You know, one of my favorite poems that I've written was written because of this. I was writing a poem for Leah, my sister, and how we have like this unspoken connection between us. And I wanted to title the poem Twins, but we're not twins, first of all. And the word twin is too common, and the definition is too concrete. Like if you say the word twin, you picture twin kids, right? There's not a lot of interpretation for that. And so when I looked it up on the source, I ended up finding the word and titling my poem monozygotic, which means derived from a single egg, basically twins. It's a much more interesting word. It's just having it named monozygotic is, first of all, makes someone curious. It pulls your attention. It's not a mundane word. It's not a real common word, whereas twins you already have a preconceived notion of what the poem's about before you go into it. So, you know, even doing this to be able to find poetry titles, like maybe you can do this and find a cool title for a word and write a poem using it as a title, you know, just use it as a prompt. Whatever it comes from, it's up to you. But this is just a pen starter. So, this week's Mythbuster writing assignment in your journal, write a list of 20 random words, look them up in the source, write down the words you like to replace it with. And remember, the key is not what you write, but just to have fun and write. So we are at the end of our inspiration from the Inkwell workshop. Once again, I'm going to run quickly through this week's prompts. Remember, if you don't get these all written down, you can come back. One, morning stole my stars. Two, a shelter dog's plea. Three, Serving my obsession. Four, poem written in scars. Five, bad example. Six, my inner voice cries. Seven, lethal cure. Eight, walking upside down. Nine, bloodshot skies. 
10, that poem was so dope. 11, babysitting. 12, came home to an open door. 13, what is freedom while slavery exists? 14, poetry is what you do to me. And 15, explaining to my therapist my codependent relationship with my muse. So there you have them. Remember, as food for our creative souls, we are focusing on reading, reading, reading. If you're not reading more than you are writing, you're doing it backwards. You have to have input in order to have output. And I know a lot of you have busy lives. So you can do audiobooks if you want. Go to audible.com, download some poetry books, right? While you're doing some mundane thing, turn it on and listen. That's still input, right? I'll give you, I'll give you electronics on this one. Feed your brain. You are what you eat. That applies to your brain as well. You have to have input. You have to have stimulus to be stimulated. Okay, next. Anyway, as our writer's discipline, every day, I want you to write a haiku poem every single day. Three lines, 17 syllables, five, seven, five syllable count. I want you to each day go out in the world and find something worth 17 syllables. Carry a pen and paper with you. Jot it down when you think of it. If it's not perfect, you can go back and fix it later. But the idea is to stop and listen to those things around you that call your name all day long that we normally ignore. And we think, oh, well, we'll remember it. We'll write it down later. But we, we don't. We forget them. It's fine. It's probably the most profound thing we've ever thought of. So write them down when you think about them. Doing that haiku a day is going to help you learn to listen to yourself better. All right? Every day, go out and find your 17 syllables. All right, poets, that's it for this week's edition of Inspiration from the Inkwell, a mini workshop. Remember, if you missed anything, you can come back after the show is over and re-listen to the beginning of the archived podcast. I am going to play an audio recording. I don't know what is wrong with me tonight. An audio recording. And we do this each week. We start and end every episode. I had to make sure I had the right one pulled up. We start and end every episode with an audio track by one of you guys. So if you have a, something recorded and you would like to send it in to me, you can do that by sending it to the speakeasy, the T-H-E, the words in there, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Or you can send them to me on Facebook. If you are not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Send them to me. I'll get them uploaded to the show's library, and I will play them for the world, which is what Mr. Jim Gray Davis did today. He sent me a poem, I uploaded it as a show, and now we're going to play it for the world. And it is called Rain in the Pocket. Here you go. It's raining. It's pouring. The old man is out whoring again. Nothing new. Mama's in a dark room, quiet, shrunken in a corner. Pounding of rain masks her weeping. I want nothing more than to comfort her, but I can't. That dead look in her eyes is a soul killer. I press against the door. Ma, can I go out and play? Her response through broken teeth and swollen lips is barely intelligible. Don't forget your jacket, honey. I don't. Racing out the front door, needing to get as far away as possible. No tears. I'm all cried out. It's a miserable day. Nothing to do but stare at a sky that resembles my heart and catch the eye of the girl down the street. 
making my way home. I pause at the door. The house looks different, older, beaten as the mother who made sure I wasn't. Standing in the hall, I blink. Forty years have passed. She's still there, weeping. I slowly open the door, her silhouette, arms outstretched. Oh, Mama. Finally, tears. I rush in, meeting her gaze. It stabs me in the heart. But Mama died when I was eight, so I comfort her ghost. With rain in the pocket of a jacket I haven't worn in years. That was Jimmy Ray Davis with Rain in the Pocket, an absolutely awesome thing. I'm really excited I was talking to him today, and he said that he's going to be sending me over a bunch of new tracks. So I'm really excited to get those into our library. And remember, if you have something you'd like me to play, if you didn't get the email and stuff, just shoot me a message. I'll, I'll explain to you how to do that. If you haven't ever recorded anything, I highly suggest you do. It will change you as a writer forever. You will not believe. You're going to sit down and go, oh, my gosh, everything looks different to me now. Everything changes when you animate something. And you can never go back to seeing it flat again. That's what happens when you write a poem and you read it out loud or you record it. You turn it, you make it vocal the first time. Breathe life into it. You'll never go back to being just a page poet again. And it will change the way that you write because it's going to change the way you perceive, you hear, you understand your poem. It's very cool. So if you have never done that before, try doing it. If you don't know how, again, shoot me a message. I'll walk you through it. Get you started. Okay. If you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is, again, 646-595-3965. You'd like to call in. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect tonight. We do take callers in the order that you call in. Such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight. So I'm listening for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's very important that people know who's reading and that your name is attached to your work. We have 16 years worth of archives here. You go back and listen. Somebody reads a poem and they don't give their name. What do you do? Don't be that person. Make sure you introduce yourself. Right now you can do, let me take a look at the lines here. Right now you can do two poems or one long poem. And uh, if that changes at any time during the night, when the lines get too busy and we have to switch back to doing just one poem, I'll let you know. But we're usually pretty good at, at getting through and getting everybody on with it too. When you are done reading, make sure that you give us your URL. It's really important that people know how to come find you and get to know you and your work better before you come back here and read next week. Important to start building up that creative network of people, creative community around you. Remember, we have a mature rating, so you're going to hear just about anything tonight. I don't always know what's going to be on the other end of that line when I open it up. So just be prepared for that. You're going to hear just about anything with the exception of hardcore erotica. No, no porn poems, no graphic. You know, we, we don't need to hear the word nipples to know she has a boob. Okay? 
So we're bumping body parts from the tab A into slot B. Besides that, you're good to go. I'm going to go ahead and give the first three callers so you kind of have an idea of where you are. We have 731 followed by 702, and they're going to be followed by 860834. I have two 860s, so I have to get the first three numbers. So 860834. I want to let area codes Somebody did babysitting, and it was about a troublesome toddler. <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> I, was, I was really a bad uh, candidate for a babysitter to work with. I was bad. <laughs> they all quit. I was on my own by the time I was 15. Seriously. By 15, Where I would hope so. Mm. You saw you saw that two that years on ago. Two years ago, put on your time machine hat. <laughs> two years ago, you wrote a poem called "She Away." You recall that? You went on yeah, the sonnet. Yeah, was that like first failed sonnet? No, it was a great poem. It was two years ago this week. This week. Uh huh. Wow. So I thought we would uh, recognize that by revisiting. Your poem, and I would either I'll read it or you can read it. Your call. I don't want to read it. <laughs> All right, here it comes. I don't want to read it. Now, Alicia's key away. She's alone in a world so loud it's mute. Single genus trying to make her way. Flesh is more than a label substitute. What's not seen can't really fade away. Their rules fill volumes till pages turn black. But her alchemy can't be choreographed. Like whiskey and throat with no water back, how she burns is beyond mere witchcraft cat. She held her universe in open palms, sought the nebulous echo in their eyes, seeing only clouds drop antidote bombs best to destroy what they can't sonatize. Come, come, sings the siren's call beyond night. She away hides beside you in plain sight. Inform. You know how many times I've gone back, Michael, and tried to fix that one line to make it a true sonnet, and I can't change a word, so it's my broken sonnet. My first sonnet's a broken sonnet. You read that so beautifully. You made it sound really good. <laughs> it's like, oh, I read that? Wow. 
<laughs> Thank you. Can you hear the rain overhead? The rains? Yes, it is just coming absolute flood right over my head. I'm in a room with a metal roof on top. I'm thinking like, well, no, this is not working I out could. really well. No, we can't hear it at well, all on our end. At least I can't. Good, good. Good deal. Anyway, thank you for your sonnet. It was wonderful, and I loved it. And I feel like in a way you might have done it a little bit for me. That's it was written for you. You are the only reason it was written. It belongs to you. Well, here I am holding on for dear life. <laughs> and she I away. had no idea what I was going to read for a second poem, but you, you, you threw something at me. You said the word twins. I'm like, I've got a poem with the word twins. Because I had to change the name of the twins so I didn't get sued. So it was really easy to find. So here's my second poem. Written in 2007 by me. It's called Thanks a Lot. Two years of illusion where love seemed so real. I fell for you hard. I thought we had a deal. House in the suburbs, fill the two-car garage. Appears our little Shangri-La was just a mirage. When you told me you loved me, you seemed so sincere. You said you felt safe here, no trauma or fear. You promised a lifetime of being together, and now you are saying you wish you'd not taken those vows. For the life of me, I can't see what I did wrong or what took the music from our happy song. Standing here with this new guy who's stolen your heart, you're telling me you want to make a new start. If you don't mind, I'd like to speak to him now. I promise to be civil if you'll just allow me to say to his face what I think of his plan so I can properly thank him and shake his hand. Thanks a lot for your actions. I cannot express my joy and elation. Really, I cannot stress how happy you've made me. You've given me back my freedom to ramble that I have long lacked. I can skate the remote for as long as I want. I can leave the seat up. No fear I'll get caught. Eat peanut butter straight from the jar. Crank up my music to become a loud roar. In a nightlife, I wonder the thought so surreal of meeting new people that care how I feel. The girls at the office and the ones at the bar and the Langston twins wonder if they really are. So thank goodness in you, she'll soon be long gone. Don't worry about me. I won't be alone. I'll leave you to pack. Have a nice life. And one last thing, when you leave, hit the lights. End poem. Wow. Wow, I knew that was the end poem. You didn't even say it. I knew. It was perfect. Sorry, I had an attitude going that day. <laughs> no, really? I'm, I'm a lot more passive. Those early days, I was I had a lot of vitriol. I did. Somebody came to me and she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, you know, you could be a little nicer. Changed everything. Yeah. We could all be something, couldn't we? Isn't it being much more yeah. fun being what we are? Uh, yeah, 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 I suppose. Mm-hmm. Can I, 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 I've probably been one of your longest online friends. I have to be. 
Not many people could tolerate me for as long as you have, no. You've you've said that to me before, and that's you know that's why I bring that up because I'm. But I don't want to change one little hair on your heady head head. Nope. <laughs> I'm what you call but an you acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on the menu, sweetheart, because I love you dearly. Thanks. Just as you is. You're welcome. All right then. Okay, well, you got some really awesome people coming up next. I just heard eight six O, so I'm, I'm going to sit up on my desk and wait on that one. Okay. Tell everyone how to find you. You can find me at my poetry site at miketodd.blogspot.com, and Mike is M-Y-K-E, and uh, I actually have a recent poem there, one that's not two years old. I'm rolling. I'm in high cotton. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Okay, I'm going to leave on that note. Bye, y'all. Bye, sweetheart. All right, our next caller, Mr. Jimmy Ray Davis, 702. Nipple. Nipple. Nipple, 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 nipple. You said you don't have to say nipple to say she has boobs. And since you said both, we both just broke the adult content rule. Now the sky's the limit. Is, Jimmy is Ray that Davis. your hike for today? Nipple, nipple, nipple? <laughs> yeah, nipple, nipple, nipple. Just do it for enough syllables, and that's, that's my haiku. Um, okay. I need to write it down. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I might forget it. Uh, well, Nyla, it's great to be here, as usual, you know? Like coming to see an old friend. It is awesome I having you here, and thank you for sending in that track we played. It was amazing. Yeah, well, I, I figured out a way where I can – all the videos I do, I can extract the audio and uh, convert them to MP3s. So uh, we'll get you wild. I sent Wildwood already, so you have that in the, in the vault, and, um, yeah, we'll take it from there. So Jimmy Ray Davis, Word and Smith, uh, you know, at your service. Wait, 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 wait. What happened? So you got a package in the mail this week, didn't you? I did get a package in the mail. I did. I and, wish I and could why did you get it. why did you get that package in the mail? Because I finally won. <laughs> finally won. Won what? I won the prompt drawing contest. Prompt contest. Yep. So you do win things on here, folks, when I give these things I, out. And you know what? I was never a believer before last week. <laughs> I'm not, I will admit that I, 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 for the, all this time I thought the game was rigged. So. <laughs> I won again, me. I don't have to send anything. <laughs> <laughs> I won. It was so awesome. Nyla, thank you so much for my beautiful You're coffee welcome. mug. I love it. I've been using it all week. Good. I'm glad. I hope it I don't inspires even want you to. What? I was going to say, I don't even want it to get tarnished at all, so I'm not even washing it. I'm just going to rinse it out. <laughs> it's dishwasher safe. It's good. <laughs> it'll, it'll go through the dishwasher just fine. It, it won't wash out, I promise. Well, I, I wanted to, uh, I, I in the spirit of... of 
having spirit, um, I wanted to bring you something red, something blue, something old, and something new. But that would be four, and since we can only read two, I got rid of the red and the blue. And no, that doesn't count as one of my poems. So I've got an old and a new. I've got an old goodie for you, an old classic. I don't think I've read it on here in years. And, uh, and a new one that I wrote uh, yesterday. So what do you want first? Um, let's start with the old. Okay. You may remember this one. Well, I did this on many shows, including the Speakeasy. And this kind of ties in with uh, the one I read. Um, I'm not sure if it was last week that I read it, but yesterday's garbage. That was uh, about the infant found in the um, garbage can that was rescued. Ironically, I wrote a similar storyline, but mine was purely fiction, more of a hope, because generally speaking, they're not found alive. And this one is called Iron Horse Angel. When I first heard the pitiful mewling from the alleyway, I had a feeling what it was and that I'd never be okay. Wasting not a second, I sprang to the trash can and removed the lid, gently lifting out the garbage bag wrapped and discarded kid. My heart did a 360 as I carefully ripped open the knotted bag and glimpsed the baby girl, tossed out like a spoiled rag. I got on my hog, cradling that precious little bundle, cursing the length of my hair and my face and trying not to tumble. I had her inside my leather jacket as to protect her from the wind. She was a newborn, but as I peeked inside, <laughs> I could have swore that she'd rent. I rode up to the emergency room with its calm nurses and EMTs. I strode in, boots clicking on the floor, handed her over and said, please, please take this sweet, innocent angel, repair her broken wings. For she cannot be in this world. In heaven, may she sing. I said hell with the rally, stuck around, figured I'd wait it out. Before long, a doctor with glasses, no more than a kid, came about. He said, uh, sir, she's going to be okay, but only thanks to you. She'll live to breathe another day and eventually go to school. <laughs> I cracked a smile and stroked my beard and gave him a big bear hug. Then I slipped away into the night, shaking the cold off with a shrug. I got on my bike and rode away and looked toward the sky, grateful for the hands of fate. And that is what I cried. A million blinding, stinging tears falling from my eyes. I thought about that innocent baby and her precious little smile. And to the one who threw her out, whoever they may be, Satan has a special place for you forever, eternally. I do remember that piece. I, I even remember the title. It's not often I remember the title and, you know, <laughs> and most of that I do right. are probably yours. But that, I, that was beautiful. And the baby lived. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. Yeah, and that was the 2006. We're going back to the old MySpace days. Um, and I, I think I remember when I read it last time I was here that I mentioned that I had been toying with the idea of a sequel of sorts. 
um, mm-hmm. with a girl. That, the baby girl's like 16 now, and she gets in some trouble, and and he has to basically save her again. Um, but it just, it, it, you know, I've kind of thought about it. Have you written it yet? And, no, I haven't written it yet. I, you know, oh, it's, man. it's funny. I thought so excited about this. We were going to read next, and I was going to, like, get, you know, wiggle like a puppy and wet on the carpet. No, but when I do get it, I'll 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 read them back to back. But um, it, you know, it's funny, Nyla, because you know we talk about all the inspiration and all the um, you know the methods, and I generally write very quick. You know, if I sit down and have time, and the words just come to me and and things form. Um, the harder ones for me is when I kind of have a, have an idea, like in this case, a sequel, or I have something that um, you know that I heard about or read about that I that I don't jump on right away, and I think about it later and want to. Right, that has to it has to kind of meta, metamorphosize uh, inside my head before I even start it, and and it has to feel right, and I have to basically just be ready. And this one just hasn't really come, and I don't want to force it because it's being that it's going to be a sequel to this piece here, it's going to have to be it's going to have to live up to my own approval. So, um, but I definitely want to do that. Now, um, the next piece here is. Um, I wrote this yesterday, and this is called Sideways Glance. We shot each other a sideways glance. You reached into the front pocket of your pants, withdrawing a halo you saved for a rainy day. There wasn't a drop in the sky, except the ones in my eyes, and night came like a funeral train at dawn. Walking towards you, wanting nothing more, in your embrace, but your music was the one thing I couldn't face. So I slipped in the side door of an unnamed tattoo parlor, farther away from the truth, but at least I was dry. Grinding of the, bud, grinding of the buzzsaw and old Zeppelin tunes got me in a peculiar mood. Zeke asked what I wanted inked. What do you think, I asked. How about a broken black heart as I swilled a beer? Oh, Mary Ann, he chided. Get the fuck out of here. Stumbling with the wind, I fumbled for a smoke on a sidewalk with more creases than my forehead, trying desperately to find my way back home. Streets wouldn't behave and conspired to lead me to the homeless campfires where I found your halo next to a used condom wrapper. I blinked, and I was back on the platform. We shot each other a sideways glance. You reached into the front pocket of your pants and smiled. An invitation to a countryside jaunt, a place to haunt the ghosts of our memories. Lost days, forgotten melodies. This time. That was incredible. Which time I accepted. That was amazing, Jimmy. Are you going to record that one? Yeah, that'll be that'll go on my next list uh, for voting. Um, so probably that'll be on the on the docket a couple of weeks from now. That'll that'll go up um, when I post the rest of the new ones I'm working on. Um, yeah, you know that one just came to me. That was one of those where um, I had a really small idea, and I just kind of let the words come in. And this was a little bit more rare for me because there's not a lot of rhyming. There's a, there's a couple examples of classic rhyming, and then there's a little bit of internal. Um, but I wanted it to come across more conversational, you know, kind of more, um, I, I don't know, kind of have more of a, a little bit of a more realistic feel to it. 
uh, while still being fanciful where need be, the halo in the pocket and such. So, um, yeah, hey, what can I say? I'm having fun, right? That's what it's all about. Exactly. Exactly. See? And um, nipple. Nipple, nipple, nipple. <laughs> yeah, and, there we uh, go, folks. Sorry, we just lost our we just lost our rating. We're off the air. It's cool. After signing all your sponsorships, <laughs> I'm gonna go so we can get the show rolling. But I just wanted to ask you real quick. You remember the show WKRP in Cincinnati, right? Uh huh. With Herb and Lonnie and Wes yeah, and all them, right? So and Howard Hessman played Doctor Johnny Fever. You know, he was like the rebel DJ guy. And he got in trouble, or he was told, he was given this list of words he couldn't say on the air, and one of them was booger. So he just started just randomly saying it when he was on the air. So, nipple. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Nyla, so much, and thank you for my lovely gift. I absolutely adore it. I have, uh, it's become my new favorite. Yes, Missy, uh, you can message her and ask her, but I have a Fallout mug from my favorite game that I play, and it's, I've got all the memorabilia for the game. That's like all I use, unless it's unless it's not clean, and then I'm mad that I can't use it. And this one has replaced that as my favorite. So, thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. And uh, You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on uh, TikTok and Instagram uh, under the name Word Machinist, and on Facebook, my poetry page is Jimmy Ray Davis Poetry. Thank you again, Nyla. I love you, and you have a wonderful evening. Love you too, honey. Give me a hug for me. I will. Okay, so eight six zero eight three four. You are our next caller. You are on the air. Oh, you! I didn't get it. You mentioned the first three. No, okay, I thought this was two area codes. Sorry, yeah, this is Jessica Brooks. <laughs> Hi, Jessica. How are you, baby? I was like, what's this 834? It's like, duh, this is the first to my phone number. Uh-huh. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. Now the whole world's sitting there with their code breakers trying to figure out the last four. <laughs> my freaking, like, oh, my uh, little spark, my spark came back. I, I'm calling it my spark because it was dead for like a few weeks of depression. So I'm back. I'm back, baby. Yeah, You know, Christopher Ryan, who hosts with me on here, wrote a poem called Spark that I think you would absolutely love. I'm going to have to see if I can find it. Okay. Or get him to call in and read it sometime. Okay. I didn't your, write your, much. Huh? I think just your little comment about the spark made me think about it, and it makes me think about you. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I didn't write much this week, so I'm... I wrote one that I'm going to share, and then I wrote a haiku, but this one I just picked from my book, my one my the one that last came out, not the one that I hope will eventually come out once my friend gets her shit together. Sorry, she said I don't know. <laughs> we, got, we have mature okay. rating. You can say shit. <laughs> okay. Okay, this is called grown-ups. Huh? So we're grown-ups, oh, darn it. <laughs> By the way, you said my name wrong on the uh, donation. Use my last name. Don't use my last name. What do you want me to use? My pen name, Jessica Burke. That's like my name when I call out, while I call in. I don't want my last name said every single okay. time. There was Brooks. no reason why I had a pen name in the first place. You know, you, you guys have to start make, sending me notes on this stuff. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I got it. I have it changed. All We're right, good. So you go. Never be wrong again. Okay. Um, this is from Out of the Chasm, and it's called Lonely Road. There is no mind that could contain all that is present in my secret shame. Unless to unravel, spark new ideas, stop dwelling, be in the now, not falling upon yesteryear. Survival is my namesake, but I unravel is all. Place me under your wing, my angel at my side. For I am far from perfect, you knew this all along. I practiced in different circles to find out who I was, just now finding myself. Like an old forgotten song, I memorize the lyrics, but forget what they mean, dancing only to the beat. More movement leads to a smile. A smile metamorphoses into a laugh. I need a carbon copy of myself to go perform certain tasks. I find myself alone on my own lonely road, especially since I do not know what I am writing or what it means. And Paul. Wow. All right. At the very beginning, you had a line with pregnant in it. Can you read that for me again? I didn't say pregnant. I thought you did. What did you say? Are my my are my mumbling that badly that you thought I said pregnant? Read the, read the first part of the poem again, and I'll see what it was I heard. Oh, present. It was present. There is no mind that could contain all that is present in my secret shame. Okay. I heard pregnant. <laughs> I hope no one else did. <laughs> I, I was going to tell you that was a great word choice because instead of, you know, saying, you know, something's growing or something, by using the word pregnant, it really brings up the thing of, of something growing and growing and growing and the pain you have to go to until it just bursts. That's what the word pregnant was making me think of. So I'm thinking, oh, that was a really good word. That gives me an idea for a poem. That, that, that's a, that, let me write pregnant down. Um, and bursting. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Yes. Okay. Well, it's yours. You can uh-huh. have it. I'll read. Huh? Keep interrupting. It's, it's yours. You can have it. Okay, good. Thanks. I'll come up with something really good. I'll probably do that during work tomorrow. I had to miss work this morning because this morning I was really out of it and I didn't sleep much. And um, somehow I managed to take my morning meds and my afternoon meds at once. Well, not at once, but like within like a night and probably like an hour apart. And they both contained two medicines that were the same and the same dip. You know, so I was afraid that, you know, ODing, you know, that something was going to happen. So I ended up having to call 911 to emergency room, and they called, you know, poison control. And for some reason, the stupid doctor, even though he knew it was a mistake, ordered a blood work for to, to find Tylenol and aspirin. It's like, what do you think? I lied, came in here, and, and, and really downed a bottle of Tylenol and a bottle of aspirin? Why the hell would you do blood work looking for that? That's weird. That's very weird. I was weirded out when I saw it. Like, what the fuck does he think? And come doctors that that just assumes you're you're trying to commit suicide when you find out the person was taking the psych med. I mean, is that it? Trying to put me in the behavioral health ward I went past. And I was like, you that was actually what the poem that Michael read at the beginning of the show, my poem, She Away. That's yeah. Exactly. Those stereotypes and that is those assumptions is exactly what that poem is about. Yeah, he he basically, like, he assumed because I had taken, like, an extra dose of the psych med and, and I, you know, I had all the psych meds I take that I was actually lying and in there for an overdose of, so he searched for stuff. 
Kay, I've got another prompt for you. What? I am not my meds. I'm not my meds. Good. That's a good one. I am not my meds. Anyone can use that, but that's that's another prompt for tonight. I am not my meds. <laughs> I love that. I am not. Yeah. Like I had that damn nurse at um for the for the um physical for work, just like assuming that um I couldn't work with my illness. She's like, you have bipolar, and you're you're gonna work. Like, are you sure you're gonna be able to work? You know, something like that. She basically just completely, completely put the stigma on me and judged me like that. Like more than one thing, she was like incredulous that. You know, I was actually hired for a job, and, and I was going to be able to handle it because I had a mental illness. And that was, like, I was pissed off, you know. Ugh. All right. I'll read. I don't want to take too much time, too, here, because I know I, when I'm waiting in line, I don't like waiting for long-winded people like me, as I'm like I'm doing <laughs> right now. Um, so let me just share the poem. It's, it's going to be a downer, um, kind, kind of, I guess, but it needs to be said and it needs to be People need to hear uh, the message behind it. Okay, um, it's about. Well, you'll see. You'll see what it's about. Let me just find. Hold on here. Wait. Sorry. Okay. Letter to an angel. Jesse, your memory flew into my mind while driving to work. I feel the need to write out my pain caused by losing you suddenly due to your suffering. I wish I saw behind your smile. I wish you had told your girlfriend you no longer could handle your addiction, that you did not want to go on living. Would calling your friend or a trusted family member have helped you change your mind? I had been wondering why I had not seen your weight deep around town. I asked a friend, heard the bad news. Every time I stopped to talk to say hello, always you greeted me with a smile. We hung out at your apartment many times. You made me feel I was at home. I would have never met you if I had not been among the homeless, struggling to survive. I have nothing left but happy memories of you. I'm grateful I was given a picture of you and your friends in front of a Christmas tree. I am angry that your disease took you away from me, your girlfriend, family, friends. Now I only have a picture, memories, my tears. Jesse, if I'd only known you're in the plight, I would have encouraged you instead to fight. Yet all there are left are what if. Where would you be now? And poem. Wow. Yeah, it was so many years ago, but like he just, I think of him sometimes, and every single time I pass by a certain restaurant, that his last, it's his last name is the name of the restaurant. So every time I pass by in the way to my mom, I think of him, and I, I always. Wonder if I went in there, would they be with relatives? You know, I don't know. So it's down red it, but yeah. Um, let me just quickly read that haiku and then I'll go. Okay. Scent of fresh cut grass wafting along springtime breeze awakens senses. I love it. Yeah, I, w- I actually went to walk without my dog yesterday. Uh, and I was, like, walking on the grass, and I could smell it, and I was just smelling all. I was thinking about what you say to do, you know, like, look around and, like, senses and everything. And what I, I just love the scent of fresh cut grass. So that was where it came from. And, yeah, I, I did three poems that she did. Um, but everybody, uh, Jessica Brooke Poetry is my Facebook uh, 
Raiders page and on YouTube, just the Gilbert Fusty E.S. Poetry. And I'm going to go for real this time. You know, okay, you now. almost made me cry. You seriously almost made me cry. What, what did? The death. My, when, you, my when you said I did, when you said I did that thing you said about watching around you with your senses and stuff like that, and that's where this poem came from. And that when you said that, I almost seriously got tears in my eyes because I sit there and I work on this stuff every single week, and it's like you know, does this do any good? Should I really be? You know, do people even care about this part, or they just want to come on and read their poems? And I put so much thought into it every week, creating that part of the show for you guys, and so. You know, everybody, you get doubts, you know, like, is this, do they really want to hear this stuff? And then to have you say that, and then it created that poem, that poem is so beautiful, it just made my heart happy. It's like, oh, it's all you, worth it. I actually <laughs> to think about that, like, every time I do, ever since you said it, like, I've been looking around and outside at night, you know, seeing the, the moon and the stars and thinking about writing something, but, like, this time I actually wrote it while I was walking, you know, I thought about it in my head and wrote it in discarded and crushed it out while it was in my head. So thank you for inspiring me to actually write something other than, uh, you know, something down. Are you going to be doing the, you try the haiku a day? Yeah, I, I think I'm actually going to try that from now on. I need to write something and haikus are difficult, so. Okay, they're bye. Fun. They're fun. <laughs> puzzle. All right, bye. Let me know how they're going. Okay. Let me know how they're going. Okay. Okay. Thank you, sweetheart. It's like she's a cornered cat and wants to get off, get off the line. Like, no, let's shut the hell up so I can go. <laughs> All right. Our next caller comes from area code eight five zero eight five zero. You are on the air, Mister Toot Toot, the boat horn. Oh, hey there. How you doing? I'm wonderful, sweetheart. How are you? I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. I thought somebody else was next. Um, um, I was away from the phone. You want me to, but, uh, are you okay, or do you want no, me to come back to no, you? Ma'am, we're good. No, ma'am, we're good. We're good. We're good. So I, well, I heard you got a package in the mail. Did you get your package in the mail today? I don't know. I won't be home till the 23rd. So. Oh, no. Uh, it's sitting there waiting for you. Yeah. I'll, uh, There's somebody there to put right. in the house, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, my mailing address is my aunt's house, so she'll. Uh, uh, that's thirteen. That's thirteen days from now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She. Uh, so she'll. Thank she'll you. have. She'll. So if it if it showed up, it's inside. It, it's not sitting okay. on the porch or anything. But uh, but okay. I do appreciate it nonetheless. I do appreciate it. And I can't wait you know, to see it. Yeah. All right, all right, okay. Um, well, we'll forget about that part for now, mm-hmm. and in 13 okay. days, we'll talk about it again. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, uh, well I'm, uh, uh, what the hell? Uh, I am rich. I'm dead society poet, and I had a... Uh, Oh, what did I have? I had a couple. I did a reading on one a couple of days ago. I got a pretty good response back on 
So I thought I would read it. This is in the book, Bar Napkin Love Letters. So, you know, mine are just little speed bumps, so they won't take but a minute. Let's see. This is called Love and Death. Over we fall, fastened to a name, struck down by something never known. Unwitting casualties of matches held to paper hearts, where dances in the ashes become tantrums of ambient static. All we are entwined in the common threads of love and death, both having no country and waiting for no one. In peace. Wow. Now, George would have said that was amazing brevity. Brevity. I said it wrong. Thank you. You're very and, welcome. Uh, this is. I'll tell you what, I am just not ready tonight. Here we go. This one uh, a couple of days ago, I think about three days ago. Um, this is called A Statue I've Become. I wear my mistakes and scars on my chest. You can connect the dots if you wish. My diatribe of falling echoes drones on with the hoarse hum of the wind. A statue I've become in time's garden that never blooms, molded in the clay of a distant shore along the same river that flows in your name and wets your ankles as you dance from stone to stone. Butterflies aflame laugh at my predicament. If only the moon would pretend to give a damn. In peace. Wow. If the moon would give it. That is, that is, I, I think that's one of my favorites you've read so far. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. You're very welcome. And just like that, he's done. Uh, <laughs> now but, tell everyone uh, how to find you. Yeah. Uh, all my social media is Dead Society Poet. My website is deadsocietypoet.com. Uh, I have officially started work on book number five. It will be called The Lonely in My Veins, Postcards from Nowhere. And uh, I'm hoping I'm hope it should be out by... July 4th, by July, it should be out by then. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> we are in, uh, you usually ask me where I am. We're, we're in Pensacola, Florida tonight. Oh, uh, Really? Yes, I am in Pensacola, Florida. I am right between, I am on a little, uh, we are at this little uh, fuel facility between the stadium where the Wahoos play baseball and Joe Patty Seafood, which has been in business here like a hundred years. And oh, send uh, me some oyster. <laughs> if I can afford them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It was a gorgeous day. I mean the uh you know, they they call this section of the Gulf Coast the Emerald Coast and it was really Oh, uh, I put a couple of videos on my personal Instagram of 
it's the 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 water was so pretty today and it was it was a gorgeous day oh uh, but yeah we were supposed to supposed to start discharging our load of gasoline at midnight and this will be out of here sometime tomorrow and go back to New Orleans and do it again. Well, just be safe in your travels. Yes, ma'am. Make good decisions, have fun, write lots of poetry. Well, I'm trying. Oh, uh, <laughs> some days it's it gets a little hectic, and it's like herding cats around here, and it's kind of kind of hard. But I I make notes when I can, and things knock around in my like loose marbles in my head. I try to grab a hold of them when I can. But. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like the sound of them. Let them rattle. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody have a good night, and uh, we will hopefully be available. Hopefully, I'll be able to tune in next Thursday. We hope as well. Thank you so much, Rich. Bye, hon. Thank hun. you, ma'am. Thank you. Okay. Our next caller comes from 346. 346, you are on the air. You like three, four, six, don't you? <laughs> I you did not say coming up. <laughs> All right, so well, the lineup right now is three, four, six, two, one, nine, and eight, three, two, and then two, one, six. That's our lineup after. So yeah, three, <laughs> yeah, two, one, nine, eight, three, two, two, one, six. Are our next three callers after Amelia. <laughs> Good evening, Nyla. Much love. Hello, sweetheart. Good to hear from you. Uh, we have a guest listening, a friend of mine. She uh, truly enjoys poetry, and she's actually married to a man who writes poetry as well. So shout out to her. I won't say her name because it probably embarrassed her. <laughs> but anyway, yes, we have a uh, listener right now. Okay, with that said, I'll go on into my first piece. It is called Painful Life. The intense pain is searing. My body is screaming at me. Darkness surrounds me. Seems nobody cares. I've loved so many folks over the years. I mean deep, heartfelt love. Family love. Friends love, strangers love to help when I could. Yet, as I sit here looking over my life, never was my love valued or returned. Just people using me for one thing or another. Yes, even my blood relatives have used me as well. Concepts so hard for me to wrap my head around using someone I gave out of my heart not for what someone could do for me some would say I've been a fool not seeing the forest for the trees yet at least I know I've done my best for everybody as does God What others may think of me 
their opinions, attitudes, and beliefs about me doesn't matter. It's my Father God that I'm concerned about. He knows my pain, my heart, my soul, and my intentions to help the best I could in any given situation. The truth is unfortunately not popular in our society. People rather believe lies, another concept that is hard for me to understand. Why do you want to believe lies and hate the truth? So here I sit all alone, no human by my side. Who I do have is my holy trinity, and that is more important. Most could have dealt could not have dealt with the pain I have. The betrayals, the verbal and physical abuse, torment, the hate, the searing pain I live with every day of my life, the emotional devastation of flashbacks to horrific experiences. I persevere. I continue to heal my wounds by myself. My Bible and the Holy Trinity assisting in the process. I've been blessed with a few good friends that are now my family, spread out across the nation. They inbox, text, or call. Nobody right here to give me a personal hug or a pat on the back. God has kept me alive, and I'm still going strong through it all. I've had guns to my head more times than I can count. I've had a knife to my throat. I've been beaten unmercifully. It's God's glory that I may be bent, but I'm not broken or dead. I draw strength from the Lord Jesus. He has seen me through it all. In the end, I shall wear a crown, and my enemies shall be my footstool. They may laugh at my pain and heartbreak now, but they truly will not be laughing when the ultimate judge will pass sentence upon them. We all fall short of the cross. All have sinned. We are here to help each other through this thing called life, to reach out a hand up, not to tear others down or belittle them or to crush people's spirits. We are here to uplift and love humanity. So regardless what pains, what nightmares, what struggles, who has, who has lied to you, who has disgraced you, Just know you are God's child, and he loves you so much, and he doesn't create mistakes. Take heart and know you are loved and appreciated. This, too, shall pass. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. You can't control your hand. You can only control how you play it. Absolutely. 
So here's the second one and getting to most of my people who love my romance pieces. It's called Cosmic. When the planets align, a miracle they will produce. Two souls intertwined through space and time. Spirit to spirit, soul to soul. This is a yin and yang of a totally phenomenal class. The energy between the two feels like lightning bolts coursing through their veins. Two hearts beating as one in sync and something like a bass drum. A king beyond compare, a rare, unique breed, powers all obstacles. His voice sends joy overwhelming, melodic and profound, a queen, regal and strong, having his back through thick and thin. She strengthens him with honor and grace, her voice soft and sensitive, warm and inviting. If weakness comes, the other intensifies, bringing fortification and severity. Peaks, mountains, valleys, lows means nothing because they keep it heavenly. The power that they exude, no foe can destroy. A match made upon the universal light. Mars to Venus, stars upon the celestial plane. Peace and harmony reign supreme. When their passion ignites, a supernova explodes, creating a cosmic expansion. Erotic fires burning deep into the night as bodies enveloping into one another. Warm rivers flowing into the ubiquitous ushers in the new era. Beyond the physical, a phenomenon of the psychic, a birth of love everlasting. I wait upon him entering my life to bring this from the imaginary Reality. Musings of Emilia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. That was amazing. You know, it, it's got to be a beautiful faith or beautiful thing having faith like that. It's wonderful. Um, you know, Nyla, um, what else can I do but to hope and to have faith and to believe sooner or later that special one will find me uh, eventually. And as far as what I have lived through in life, the Lord kept me alive, kept me going It's his glory, not mine, and it's his grace. And I have absolute faith that, as I said, somehow, some way, sooner or later, things will improve and positivity will just reign all over my life. And so with that said, before you scold me, 
you can find me on Facebook under Emilia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S, also known as Poetical Angel Queen. You can find me all over Facebook and all over most of the social media sites under Emilia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, or just Amelia T. Davis, or just Poetical Angel Queen, or Poetical Angel Queen, a.k.a. Amelia T. Davis. And you can find me here every Thursday night with Nyla. Yes, yes, you can. Thank you so much, sweetheart. I appreciate that so much. God bless you, and thank you for all you do for us poets. And I know who's coming behind me, and I want to tell you, Soldier Blue, I am a fan. I think you're amazing. And with that said, I shall step off the mic so he can step up. And she's not lying. She says things about you all, when emails, things like that, when she's talked talks about you all the time. She is so fangirl and truly appreciates your work. So good job, Soldier Boo. And good job, Amelia. Thank you. Okay. Actually, 832. Nope, that's not coming up next. 832 is not next. We have 219, then 832. 219 is what it was. Okay. 219, you are on the air. Yeah, how are you doing? This is Brother O speaking from East Chicago, Indiana. Hello, Brother O. It's good to hear from you, honey. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. Very welcome. Where did 218 go? My board is doing some crazy stuff. Hang on a second, Brother O. If you guys are getting kicked off the board, try calling back in. I just lost about 20 callers off the line right now. Everything is just so. If you got kicked off the board, try to call right back in. If you're getting a fast signal, that fast, fast, busy signal, just keep trying. Okay, go ahead, Brother O. Oh, okay. This is a uh, my annual uh, my annual Mother's Day poem gonna read tonight called a tribute to single mothers this piece is dedicated to all the great single mothers everywhere in this nation and this is a very special tribute to you on Mother's Day I want to personally say that the job you do is extraordinary considering that you sometimes don't get any help from your children's fathers. I probably give you a standing ovation and a round of applause to all the single mothers who are taking on the difficult challenges of raising their sons and daughters on your own without the presence of their fathers. To me, a real single mother is a very strong woman teaches her children the right morals, standards, and values at home, such as the importance of 
having an education, showing respect for authority figures, showing respect for themselves, having a relationship with God and teaching them to make the right choices and decisions. I applaud the single mother who strives to be an independent woman daily without having to depend on a man who doesn't step up to the plate and handle his business or any man who is robust and disgusted. I congratulate the single mother who was born in school and working to make a better life for herself and children. She makes sure that her children have what they need so they don't want for anything. A real mother sets a good example for her kids to follow so that one day they can go on to achieve their dreams and make them proud. I give much honor and respect to single mothers who pray and watch over their children daily because there are a lot of negative influences out here in this crazy world that we live in today. She protects them from all her harm and danger and watches who is around them constantly. A real mother does not have men coming in and out of a house like a revolving door. Not even the dope dealers, the gang dealers, or sexual predators will approach her children because she will lay down a lot of them. I have much love, much love and appreciation for the single mothers who put their children first before any man of material possessions. And she clearly understands that her children are the most precious gift that God could bless her with, and she realizes that they can never be replaced. And every chance she gets, she just tells them how much she loves and appreciates them. Now, I know that it's a constant struggle at times without any help from the father other people. I strongly encourage all the single mothers everywhere to keep doing the great things that you're doing right now because all of your sacrifices that you have made will pay off in the end. My dear sisters, tough times don't last always. Tough people always do. No matter how much the odds are stacked up against you. I wrote this poem to show you that appreciate all the sacrifices that you make but every son, every one of your sons and daughters don't have their father in their lives. And being the real backbone in our community, until the men decide to wake up, to handle their business, man up, and become the providers and heads of their families just like God designed it according to his divine plan in the beginning. And yours truly, brother, all the living miracle professor of poetry, the city wishes each and every one of you a happy Mother's Day and poem. Beautiful, beautiful poem. And as a single mother, I want to applaud you for writing it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad that you read that every year. That's beautiful, honey. Right. Absolutely beautiful. Okay, so. Are you going to read the uh, second one? Yes, I'm going to read the second one. This one is called A Real Mother Will Always Be in Your Corner. My dear brothers and sisters, whether you are 10, 20, 30, 40, or even 50, a real mother will always be in your corner. When you were sick, whether it's 
cold, the flu, or any other illness. Your mother was dead to take care of you till you got well. When you were in the hospital, your mother came out every day to pay you a visit and check up on you. When you were picked on in school, your mother came down to straighten out the situation and tell that bully, you better not mess with my child, it's going to be trouble. When, when she got in trouble, when you got in trouble in school, she took off work to whoop you for adding the food. You are not going to embarrass her puppy because your mother back in the day gave you tough love and discipline. Whenever you got in trouble with the law, end up going to jail. It was your mother who came to see you, not your so-called running partners or your friends. Whenever you were in court facing charges, your mother advocated for you because you were a child. She was the one who stood by your side when you got caught up in your mess. And nothing like a real mother in your corner. When you were discouraged, worried, and frustrated about something, your mother was there to encourage you and help you to stay focused. She would tell you something like, you're going to be something special because God has a plan for your life. Whenever you needed prayer, your mother interceded on your behalf until God worked your situation out. When your heart was broken, your mother was there to comfort you, and she would tell you to something to the effect of, listen to me, get off your knees, and hold your head up high because only the strong survive. Whenever you participate in sports, whether in a musical or, or gave a speech in public, your mother was right there to cheer you on. When you walked across that stage and graduated from high school and college, your mother was right there in office to support you and see the fruits of a labor coming to harvest. My dear brothers and sisters, if you are blessed to have a real mother in your corner, appreciate her and give her her flowers while she is alive. And thank her for everything that she has ever done for you. Before she goes on to glory in poem. Those were absolutely beautiful, both of them. Beautiful tributes to mom. Thank you. You're welcome, now. I appreciate it. All righty. Do you want to tell everyone how to find you? Oh, yes. You guys can find me on on Facebook under the name of my brother O'Gavi. And uh the past uh, year and a half I dealing with uh having the heart trans waiting for the heart transplant, getting in this this and recovering and now I'm in the final stages of my recovery from it. So I'll be back be back to live events in June's Yes, yeah, June will be June sixth. I'll be back June sixth. The 30th anniversary of my high school graduation. So that that day significant. So I'll be back and uh check me out. Nominate again five old come the year awards, you know, and uh just writing a lot of new material and just I just I'm just progressing in the right direction, taking things gradually as I get back. So thank, thank you guys for everything, and I'll be back next week. And I truly appreciate you guys for for listening to my pieces.
And we appreciate you, honey. We appreciate you sharing with us every week. And for those two poems, they were absolutely beautiful. Sure, no problem. All right, Brother O. You have a great week, and we'll talk to you next Thursday. You too, now to take care. All right. We have next 832, Mr. Blue. Hey, what's up now? How you doing? Hey, sweetheart. I'm fine. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm all right. Walking walking and talking, so I guess that counts for something. Um, This is... uh, this is going to be my uh, reboot rating. I uh, uh, print, uh, print wrote the, uh, the two pieces I did last time because I wanted to give them uh, a, better, um, a better flow, I guess. So, I've, I mean, I've got other stuff I'm always writing anyway, but I wanted to do these two over again because I, I, the ideas were kind of just sitting with me. And the ideas that, that they, uh, that they were kind of, I guess you could say that they were born from. And I wanted to uh, make sure that I uh, Gave that acknowledgement to the uh, colors that made them. So this uh, this one is uh, called End Genocide. So you got your Jesus on your front end license plate. We did not end with genocide. You got your liquor license from the notables who wanted more than just superior trade. We did not end with genocide. You pray and pray and still can't I love you to anyone but your own. Red Earth. We did not end with genocide. You cut our hair, you cut our skin, you cut our language from us and left it on the wind. Foolish you, we found them, took them back, dressed ourselves in their deliberated grace, erased their wounds from our faces and said, we did not end with genocide. Dark blanks fill to fill in spaces we didn't know were there. Only the marks to leave tracery. Only the feel of being bruised, mm, bruised and removed from our landscape. Death and tyrants, we have seen them all. Y'all got it twisted. I bought this property fair and square. It's mine. Ah. Thieves selling to thieves what was never theirs. 
the question, did you make it? The earth you live on? Did you dream it into being? Will you live long enough to call it yours? Creator, creation, we were not involved in that process. We are part of creation. So as human beings, we do not live long enough to call it ours where we are. We did not end with genocide. Mesquite thorns, peppercorns, each have their own kind of bite upon the flesh, upon the tongue, sacrifice by sufferance for that moment of prayer. We did not end with genocide. Gather the embers, gather the moss. We shall soon be traveling. Bounds, bounds everywhere. Brushed under trees, swept into cracks. What you gonna do with all them? They are sacred relatives. We shall take them with us. Leave no one behind, yeah? Blood and stories, stories of blood, blood more for time. What you talk about something nice? Those stories of blood, what you plan to do with all them? Simple. We will remember. We did not end with genocide. So you got your skulls and crossbones. So what? So do we. Did you watch your children die to schools? Engineered to kill their spirits? Did you watch other people eat what was for centuries your bounty? While your people ate what wasn't even fit fodder for pigs? All the while as they prayed in alien tongues for what they stole from you. We did not end with genocide. Our days did not begin when you came to kill us with your Christ. Nisi, we did not end with genocide. So you got your Jesus on your front end lasses, fate, and the shadow of a bloody hand upon your prayerful cross. As our mom said, ancestors, if this is your form of how to pray. Do not pray for us. We should rather be excused. We are red earth. We are the ghost road born. And we did not end with your perpetration of genocide. 
past. We are the present. We are the signs of times yet to be. Donc, in peace. Wow. I just, I feel this racing feeling in my heart. Yeah, you know, they just, they want to run over all of the stuff that actually happened and, you know, how, what kind of mindset it took to make it happen. And, uh, and I will speak against that for all the time that I have left. This piece is called Are you going to read baby? I got this, this. This piece is called Dim. Dim set of morals traded in for high-priced lights, shadows, river shallows, fluid flowing cries of ghosting children stolen from their mothers, memorabilia, battle memorials. What? You bastards thought this was new? Cover your tracks, smooth out any traces of skin, plant broken bones unrecognizable at the bottom of a ravine. Plant an acreage over the blood-sized sluice of a massacre site. Yeah. This soil will grow anything. Yep. Wonder why. Stepped on skulls, slipped on teeth, splitter traces of steel, too much to plow under murder, rage, murderous thunder, death and dying, lightning reflections of greed, hatred, putrid remains, ransacked villages, cradleboard receipts to death of those who needed refuge. Our time's diamond creation is that. Is that brain matter dangling from cradle toys? Jeez, so many bones. Oh, who? Well, he's the home of Annihilation, the rage of lightning, tripe dark strata of the land filled in with red earth remains. Odd angles, prolific shapes, gedaki. Bones, blood spatter everywhere. You peel the moralistic skin off your run, off yourselves. Salvation in seeds. Shade dark dances. Rattles shake. The earthen steps. Shonga echo. Dashwakse. You appear wolf-like with a whiff of smoke, lupine, The ceremony is unending, reach an apex and begin again. Disasters aided and abetted by forces you cannot fathom. Salvation in seeds. Paltry acts of contrition. 
self-flagellation for the good of who? Not us. We did not ask this from you. Borealis, winter nights, the air so bitter cold, trees explode. Apple the dull boom, a ripple in the blood of us all. Juzemoninga, red earth, it is we who stand here before you. The fires that burn unattended can never be useful. The water surge that smashes towns, cities, all life in its way like a hammer. There's no blessing. There's the retribution for every death, for every debt, especially the ones you are least likely to recognize as a debt at all. Have even one of you ever given thanks to the earth of creation for what you have taken, plundered, leaving behind slag and poison in place of the dreaming green never meant to be disturbed, blood tang. The rush, the whisper, the skin stripped from living bone, too eager, too much haste to wait for the opaque glaze of death, agony piercing the already rent skies, death to the ties that bind. Bones, bones, Everywhere, too many, too many to hide as a memory, a vivid arc, a torch too bright to be consumed, energy, enigmatic dreams, haunted, death and redress, agreements made it, made under duress, skin stretched taut, tendons popped like tree limbs, dissenters, defiance. Defiance shook the rattle. We have since sewn ourselves back together, knit the leaves of being with tendril shoots, industrious in these vine works, lattice limbs of shocks and fluid flowing plant silk. Sunshine and the will of sunflowers, the humming strength of summer heat, harbored, held firm, harvested, held within dragonfly wings. Chepita tronga, drum fire consonants of live coals, beje sitze. Windows reflect the sun, the passing moon, the fading stars, fragile yellowing ivory lights ready to fall. Fields feral, raw, unavailable for the task of killing. So many bones, the bewilderment of those so civilized. Dreams, green arches. Shattered visions, the screams still echo battlefields torn with cannonballs. Salvation in sea. Wamunzir. 
death to the free. I know. Let's plant some trees. Ash still smoking on the barren hills. Record all your trees. That'll fix everything. We are Red Earth. We are the Ghost Road Born. And we say, you lie. No In peace. Wow. You lie. Wow. <laughs> Both of them absolutely phenomenal, sweetheart. Thank you. You're so welcome. I wanted to do those because, like I said, I wanted to I wanted the colors to be represented clearly. Those pieces definitely deserve that. So, and thank you, Amelia. Thank you, Miss Amelia. I appreciate <laughs> you too, baby. I, I heard you, baby. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't disregard that. I appreciate that. You know, we're secretly having Rafe Wild bobblehead <laughs> dolls made wearing wearing le- leprechaun underwears, right? <laughs> as long as I don't have to look at them, we're all good. <laughs> Available in your in your fan shop. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, you can find now, me. The blue ball the head is much more serious and and yeah, profound. You know. like the Ray there you go. One, or the, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there I'm you go. You <laughs> yeah. Well, I told you the story about that, didn't I? About the about what how that how that came to be. Back in you know, yeah, the yeah. Okay. All right. A while back, but like I say, when they were making a big stink about Native people's names and trying to boot some Native folks off of uh, uh, Facebook because they weren't in compliance with their protocol. It's like, what do you mean not in compliance? This is the, this is their name. You know what I'm saying? This is the last name on their freaking driver's license, for God's sake. Anyway, so I did my part with that too. But at any rate, um, you can find me on uh, Facebook. It's uh, Rafe Wild at Facebook.com. And underneath in uh, parentheses, it says Soldier Blue. And then uh, you can also find a uh, share of my works at uh, my or on my podcast, which is a free podcast. You ain't got to pay nothing for it. Uh, it's called Red Earth One. And it's got, like I said, it's got a share of uh, pieces up there. They've got a little preamble to them to kind of give you a little bit of background as of uh, what that piece is about and, you know, what uh, what what it's talking about. And I use some instrumentation, do a little bit of singing, and uh, just, you know, to kind of mix it up a bit. And uh, then I have uh, some uh, stuff over at Reverb Nation. And I'm gonna I'm fixing to 
get everything going because this is my uh, for for uh, this upcoming days off. Uh, uh, next week uh, will be my birthday, so I'm gonna basically uh, pump up some stuff, uh, uh, new stuff on those various platforms that I have for uh, doing that kind of recording. Uh, with that in mind, so. I'll be doing some more here pretty quickly. But uh, there you have it. Yes, sir, that's where you can find me. So go do it, guys. You heard him. All right, Soldier Blue, you're amazing, and I love you, and I thank you for sharing those pieces, and I can't wait to see you here next week because I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Nyla. And there will be all <laughs> fresh, and new, fresh and new abominations for next week. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Nyla. All right. Our next caller, area 216. 216, you're on the air, Mama. Yeah. Weary. Are you ready? ready? Are you ready? I'm weary. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day, my beautiful, smart, intelligent, charming, strong, incredible, loving mommy. Happy birthday to you. Or no, Mother's Day to you. Did I say birthday? I don't know. I'm so weary. It's Mother's Day. I'm weary. <laughs> oh, Lord. What's that? Did 30 you up? Weary. I'm weary. I'm reading this piece. I'm sorry. No, 30 minutes is too long. um, I'm going to do my four-minute piece and and get out the way so the rest of the people don't have to suffer. This is called You're Not We're not not suffering, and you need to read two pieces, Mama. You don't get to be weary. You get to be amazing. This is called You're Not My Type. I'm charging $5,000 for this poem. I mean, $5 million for this poem. Anybody can buy it for $5 million. It's called You're Not My Type. It's a third-person poem. I didn't realize until I pulled down her tights, threw her against the wall, and pressed my chest on her breast. I tried to maneuver it in, but my manhood relented. I came to my senses as I thought you were my wife. I tried to ravish her, but it seems she resents it. She tried to break free as I tried to insert, but my manhood said, no, she's not worth it. She's not my type. Anyway, that's all I could think to say, but yes, this dressing room seemed convenient. For the thrill of the chase, it seemed the appropriate in this public place. I guess I was in my rapist mind trance, forcing myself on women without romance. But I I came to my senses because she was so scared that all of my sex fantasies now disappeared. All I remember is, duh, I don't even know her. What's all the hype? I I, I was never there. But most of all, why would I when she's not even my type? Prose. 
Was that in poem, Mama? I said prose. Okay. Sorry. It was it was cutting out. Oh, you, well. Please. Go ahead. No, I just said, oh, well, it cut out because probably that's what, you know, the reason why, because the poem was, you know, worth $5 million. <laughs> Somebody was censoring you so that the, they could keep the copyright on it, right, when they pay you the $5 million? I don't know. Did, really, was it cutting out, really? Yeah. Do you want to read it again? I didn't hear all of it. It was cutting out. Hmm. You want to read it again for me, please? Okay. Thank you. Um, It's called, You're Not My Type. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I didn't realize until I pulled down her tights, threw her against the wall, and pressed my chest on her breast. I tried to maneuver it in, but my manhood relented. I came to my senses as I thought she was my wife. I tried to ravish her, but it seems she resents it. She tried to break free as I tried to insert it, but my manhood said, no, oh, she's not even worth it. She's not my type anyway. That's all I could think to say. What's all the hype? But yes, this dressing room seemed convenient for the thrill of the chase, and it seemed appropriate in this public place. I guess I was in my rapist mind trance, forcing myself on women without romance. I came to my senses as she was so scared that all of my fantasies now disappeared. All I remember is, duh, I don't even know her. What's all the hype? I was never there. But most of all, why would I? When she's not even my type. Poem. Damn. I heard it all that time. That was intense. That was powerful. And from that perspective, that's just, that. I mean, that was insane good, Mama. Thank you, baby. You're very welcome. Wow. So if somebody wanted to purchase said poem, where would they go? Um, they just hit me up on the um, back end of the um, Facebook, you know, the private chat, and just say, I would like to purchase that poem. It's $5 million for that poem. Okay. So. Get your wallets out, you guys. Mama, I love you so much. You've got a surprise coming in the mail, by the way, for Mother's Day. All right, then. Thank you. Listen to this. The next piece, because i got to go. It's called In Harm's Way. In Harm's Way, living in the chaos, mental illness at large, who's on first, no one's in charge. The bases are loaded. The content of his character is showing, proving him impeachable. He's unteachable. His God mind's unreachable. Pretending to be all-knowing while his ignorance is glowing. Lies shattered, innocence placed in the way of harm. Patriarchs and soldiers unarmed. Guardians of the universe, we stand steadfast. They whom have bled fast heard no alarm. Standing bravely, trustingly sold 
placed in the arms of harm, tears fall, tails tall, harming us all. Must they, must we all stay in harm's way? Poem. Fantastic read. Are you going to go over and read on the other show, Mama? Uh, yes, I am. You want to tell people about that show? Um, I don't know because it's not my show, and I don't know. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. But I'll go to some oh. poem. I'll go to some place where poems are read. I don't know. Check with your your brother and look on his page and see if he's advertising. And then you'll know. I love well, you. Have fun out there. Appreciate you coming here and happy Mother's Day. I love you so much. Thank you, baby. I got to talk to you privately. And okay. Tell you how much I love you privately. Okay. Because we don't want all the the Google the Google stuff on um out the open. No, we want. No, we want to. <laughs> We, want, we don't want them to see you just so soft and sweet. We just got to keep that, you know, you got to put your foot down. Scary, mushy, mushy. <laughs> right. All right, baby. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller, we have 919, you are not in the lineup, and 585, you are not in the lineup. So 585 and 919, 585-919. If you guys want to come on the air, press 1. Okay, I got you, 919. 585, if you want to come on the air, press 1. If you're here just listening, I'm glad you're here. Hope you enjoy the show. And if you change your mind any time, you can press 1, area code 585, and it will put you in the lineup and let me know that it is okay to unmute you. Our callers are 573-419-540-919, and again, 585, if you want to come on the air, press 1. 573, you are on the air. Dan. Good evening, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. Happy Mother's Day. Um, it's you. just a little... I, I have the all-around queen, gangster, granny, wise, sass, kicking the pants. I huh? love that. Mother's Day, Mama. <laughs> uh, so, how have you been, darling? Fabulous. I've been doing well. How do I sound? Sound great. Uh, I'm bionic. Sinister now. Um, <laughs> coming whole, you know, after being fragmented and then deshelving myself with a massive LSD trip and coming back to me. So I got two new pieces. Well, one older one that I haven't shared it very much. Um, this first one I'm going to share with you, my friend Bernard actually, um, it was a picture prompt, and the picture prompt was actually designed by Bernard. And when I saw it, <laughs> I know I was like really high, I think, um, and, and the clown, like, we slept fucking right. It was, it was um, fans' death makeup. And, um, so, you know, it was like, you know, I corrected myself and did a little chat, and, you know, I'm kind of connected who I was back in the day. Uh, I had reached the uh, Latin community. Um, they took me in, and I had nowhere to go. And um, I learned a lot about the culture. So I kind of took this piece to heart. And um, the picture was, you know, a young girl, and, and we uh, had that makeup, and, and 
she was a flower and it was just beautiful. So I put on some um you know Spanish guitar and this is more than death. There's station alive and every passing and the beat strums in the quietest little vibration. Tears are sweet encryption of love's siesta drawn in a macabre fashion and the welcomes. Dance Muerte is these incantations of poor chambers alive with deep passion. As in tequila sunsets, we arise drunk in parodies of what was lost. Spirit of power, Baja and Jason. All from us, I sway in inebriated tantrums and your glassy eyes. I swoon. Making up palpitations and desire to get hot tantalizations, coastal driven. Sea breeze blows tangible delicacies and tunes, culinary vibrations. We celebrate. To light legacies and studded dungarees, we ensnare views of dancing bowls, single delight. Plug it up. Ponds, summits, Baja Eastern, peripheral to Pacific percolations where death sits. Not the end carnivals upon which we swept incursions from long lost saints. More than married dances while coyotes cry on vast peyote fields. We're not crazy. More like purified divisions driven from catacombs and the soul should dwell. Mescal persuasions. Glass bottle silhouettes. Cast clamor resurgence amongst crowded streets. Strumming guitar melodies past some senseless refrain. Our aura cast into the sky. I'm ancient ceremonial streets amongst lively rousings of hardline fuckery. Dance in the dust hush and silence is more than death sovereignty. The mockery breathing and peace. What? Flipping ride that was. Yeah. As a seven right as a seven right to this, I am been really upbeat, really cruise, uh, you know, like a little beat behind the Spanish guitar man it just took me off. Uh, just got lost in the picture in the box and get into it and I I'm glad you like it. I have only shared it like twice. I didn't lie from there, you know, and they need better that statues and so many avenues to get them so closed off. I'm getting there and it's better than um man, once the budget opens, fuck watch out. But you know, I'm doing what I gotta do now and to get by. And I'm sorry I'm not so present all the time. I am not nowhere anywhere. The other thing that gets me in these other things is because they're at random times and I can do them without, you know. They're not there. Um, <laughs> so this next one, um, you know, I can't tell you much about it because I have to try and run it It was written back in February 15th. Now I can tell you it's 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 um, birthing, and the birthing is simply this. In the last year since losing my wife, um, I've come to a well, I've been on a journey. And the, the journey has been a progression of, of acceptability, kind of the, the uh, discernment and whatnot. And you have to do all these things to evolve and um, <laughs> learn your fucking mistakes. You don't repeat them, man. So I learned a lot about myself and realized I forgot a lot about myself. 
And a lot of these pieces of you religious that. Uh, this is Shallow's Sin. Spotted on the stretch of canvases, consuming what was done. Oily enigmas and materials, premium intrusive spaces, locked in crimson, the crazy one, the low, radiant skies. Effervescent hues, trying richly layered impressions of iridescence, erect monuments of fame. Jazzy infused beats dribble over forgotten yellow sputters impotently. Split cream encroaches short sighted logic on virtues not driven. Cautious comatose delegate successive algorithm reasons why. Dark amber soil fuel silhouettes of aluminum eccentricities shattered by permission when gifts and slivers of universal might. How many intriguing treasures liquidated through prosperity and rapturing portals, aching to reminisce of beauty's core, awaiting patiently the gold-bound parallels of sovereign laments. Calamity clarifies constant cranial combinations of sin. Sides with shallows, softly serenade, sequins, somberly sporadic, and swirling sensations, saturated swiggle. Illuminate the growing vicinity and your elocution. Harboring a stain for knowledge lacking, only by an inability to harness inertia. Lost dialect roots the seeds of a language you failed to understand. I'm the obscure tangents of an evolutionary man. For me, subsonic shifts astoundingly through glaring eyes at the leaf points where intricate mentions of careless candor such gains, new shaking, or spots on a dog's mist. Percolating hysteria, softly persuaded to radical intuition that washed forever, joylessly from crippled digits of larceny. Calming now, dusty and hush, windy and sweet, oh, crystal aromas of spring, serendipitous falling into catastrophes aftermath. So I am saved. Swimming in shallows of sin, I agree to pay. The black red view and peace. Both of those fantastic reads, Ben. Thank you. I like that piece. We're awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just sold, I sold the other day. I need to, uh, that's the corner of something. I used to. I mean, this is back in the day, though. I mean, that was a fucking train wreck. But even still, you know, especially with the psoriasis, and just to you know, give back my my confidence and my, my personal growth, you know, I'm like, really timid on getting the camera, you know. Um, but I need to, you know, although I, you know, the entries I haven't done shit over the last year, I have improved fucking eons, especially in, in, in you know, what's gone. Um, because I can't be stopped. Well, I can stop myself, and I can fucking damn good with that, all right? So, fuck <laughs> anybody else got to do it for me. Uh, all right. But I have a lot of people, because, you know, you are a lovely person, and a matriarch of the arts, and no one's told you today you're beautiful, and I appreciate you. <laughs> I'll glory be the Nyla. I am Sinister Spittle, S-P-I-P-A-L. 
Sweetheart, we will talk to you next week. I'm going to do my best, but I don't make any promises because I don't like breaking, you know, words. I'm not very sticky words, so I will do my best. <laughs> awesome. It's great to see you, you got into the chat tonight. It's cool having you in there. And we'll talk to you next week, babe. Thank you. All right. Bye. Our next caller comes from area code 419, the land of Hi, Nyla. Hi. How you doing, Nyla? I'm doing fine. How are you, sweetheart? So, early, early, um, happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Um, And I'm I'm really torn because I have something for Mother's Day, but I also wrote this really badass piece, but it's kind of long. Based on your um, a lot of your um, prompts tonight, so I'm kind of torn on which one to do. Well, you get two poems, so go ahead and read them. Uh, I don't know. Um, the one that to the prompts is close to a thousand words, so like kind of long. Oh, all right. We'll read that one next week, maybe. You know, I'm gonna read it tonight. It's a journey. Okay, read it tonight. You do you. You do whatever you want, you rebel. I will. Um, this is this is a journey through depression. And just listen out for the prompts that you put out tonight. I didn't use them all, but I used quite a few of them. A journey through depression. Awakened by the brightest colors of a bloodshot sky. For the morning stole my dream, brightness star, but burned the lasting image of its own morning star into my sleepy eyes and mind. Waking up to walk upside down in a world that is under the impression that they are right side up. What a fucking joke. This whole damn world is backwards and turns inside out. I'm tired and I feel like I've been here for eons of time just struggling. Yet once again, here I am waking up to do it all again. These are just fleeting thoughts, I think, though. Or is it the sobbing cries of my inner voice speaking scar-ridden poetry to ease the pain inside? The inner voice, though, that part of me trapped, pleading for freedom like a wailing sheltered dog. It seems to me that each day for me starts in a maze of confusion, searching desperately for a way out. Every churn leads to dead end, and every door is locked tight. I'm trapped, suffocating in this world that doesn't seem to fit me quite right. Then the anxiety sets in, and I can't breathe. <sighs> <sighs> Breathe. Self-talk, it helps a bit, but it doesn't solve many problems. It just slows down the inevitable meltdown of what I like to call cracking up. The dark part of the mind keeps telling me I don't belong here in this place where rebels just aren't acceptable. Damn, these mornings hurt. I try to orient myself with the ground, but the horizon keeps shifting. Images of me beating my skull against brick walls until painted poetic words leak out. Awakened by the cruelest of the blinding morning light, for the morning stole my sanity, leaving behind despair and hopelessness. Waking up to walk aimlessly in a world that is indifferent to my existence, where I'm nothing but a speck of dust in an eternal void. What a hopeless existence. 
This whole damn world is a bottomless pit of pain and suffering and taking where the weight of life suffocates me. I'm exhausted, and I feel like I've been trapped in this never-ending cycle of misery for centuries. But I know that I must wake up again tomorrow and face this hell once more. These are just not fleeting thoughts, but screams of agony from a soul that's trapped in eternal damnation. It seems to me that each day for me is a hopeless journey, endlessly searching for a way out, but always trapped in this place called self. I sit for 16 minutes a week talking to a therapist about my codependent relationship with a muse of sadness and broken hope. They say misery, misery loves company. Perhaps it's so. The ground beneath me shakes, ready to collapse under the weight of my misery. I try to grasp onto something, anything, but I'm left to fall deeper into the abyss. The horizon is nothing but a mirage, always shifting, always moving. There is no escape. I'm drowning in a pool of darkness, my soul consumed by the endless void of despair. I will never escape this torture, lifelong punishment, this mind that's punished by suffering, its lost wandering soul with no purpose or direction. For it's my only solace in this never-ending nightmare each day. The lethal cure for this dredged-up miserable is so tempting. The thoughts of finally being free of this constant agony is almost too much to bear. But as it twisted and warped as my mind may be, I know that taking my own life is not the answer. It would only pass the pain onto others, those who love me, and would be left to pick up the pieces. So instead, I will drown in my own misery, letting it consume me until there is nothing left. But a shell of a person I once used to be, I will scream into the void, crying out for something, anything, to bring me relief from this unending torment. But the darkness grows stronger, suffocate me with the sick, heavy weight. It whispers in my ear every so often, telling me that there is no escape, that I am doomed to suffer for eternity. And sometimes in my darkest moments, I am almost tempted to believe it, because how can I possibly fight something so all-consuming and relentless? But even in the midst of the darkness, a tiny spark of hope remains, a glimmer of light. That I, knowing that it is the only thing that can save me from myself. So I will hold on, even when it feels like everything inside me is screaming to let go, because that tiny spark of hope is the only thing standing between me and the abyss, my son. Poem. Wow. And you just did that tonight. You had to do that tonight because that's people's I did. prompts. Yeah, I did. That was incredible. I am so impressed. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Very um, well. I cannot believe you did that, that that fast. Yeah. I mean, leave me with my mind for 30 minutes, and I'll, I'll draw a whole world for you. <clears throat> or <laughs> I will write a whole world for you. <laughs> I don't know if that was too long to do, too. Go ahead and do your next one. That was fine. All right. This is called Mother. I heard you calling in the songs of birds and the croaks of toads and the scatter of the cicadas. 
I heard you speak from the sounds of the breeze as it rustled through the leaves of the trees. I remember when I first heard you calling for me. It sounded like it was in my head from a distance beyond a cloud, yet your voice still so clear, so powerful. I read your message to me in the morning clouds that passed on by before the coming storm. The words encoded in the leaves of the vines that reached the top of the tallest trees on the mountaintops where man and you were so long ago torn from love we once shared with you. Please don't turn your back on us. We can change. Although admittedly, we are selfish ways and are the ones to blame. I remember the day the clay from you became me and life was fed to me. Your teachings and love were bled to me, the mold of man I came to be. With all my soul inside, I now realize all you gave to me, and thank you. See, the word mother stirs within me a deep and primal sense of love, feeling that resides deep in my bones, intricate with intertwined with my very being. From the time that we parted and I took my first breath, your presence has been there with me, watching over me and guiding me through thick and thin. Your love is the purest form of emotion I have ever felt a warmth that enveloped me like a blanket, protected me from harm and easing all my troubles away. In your soft whispers, I hear lullabies. Your soothing voice puts my mind at ease when I am feeling lost. Your embrace is my sanctuary, a place where I find comfort and a sense of belonging. I revel in the shadow of your love, knowing that I am never alone as long as you are near. And when I have ever faltered and lost my way in life's journey, you never gave up on me, calling out to me and beckoning me home. So here I stand with tears in eye and a heart full of gratitude. Thank you, Mother, for all the love, all the guidance, and the endless support. You are the light that shines within me. We'll forever cherish the bond that we share. Home. Wow. my mommy. You know, it's got, got to be pretty special to have a mom like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean to have two mothers like that, because we got Mother Earth first, you know what I'm saying? So, of course, the first was the first piece was for her, the first part of that, and then to my actual mother that gave me birth. Appreciating the love for both. Well, you are truly blessed, my dear, that I can tell you. Indeed. Have you read those to them? I am Rebel Jones. I am Rebel Jones. You can find me here Thursday nights with Nyla. Once in a while, I'll be on Facebook, but um, don't look for me there. You'll have a hard time finding me. Um, Sometimes I'm on Clubhouse. Um, You can hear a lot of my spoken word material from uh, about a year ago and previous from that on YouTube at Poetry by Rebel P. Jones, Madman um, Production. And again, like I said, here Thursday night with Nyla at the CP. <laughs> yes, yes, you can find him here. All right, sweetheart, appreciate you <laughs> so much. Great reading both of those. Thank you. Um, happy Mother's Day again to all the mommies and to you, Miss Lila. Love you, good love you, ladies. Love you too, sweetheart. Give your mama a hug for me. Of course I will. <laughs> 
All right. Thank you. You call your mama today? Better call your mama if you got a mama. My mama just died yesterday. Oh, my God. Nyla, I'm so sorry. That was not um, directed just to you. That was all the listeners. Call your mama if you got a mama. Yes, call your mama if you've got a mama. All right, baby. Great read. Thank you so much. Love you, Nyla. Thank you. Love you, too. (laughs) Bye, hon. Okay, 540, you are on the air. Hey, how you doing, Nyla? Wonderful. How are you doing, sweetheart? uh, I would say your mom would be proud of you. Well, work that you're doing. Uh, send my condolences, and she she uh, uh, was blessed to have to bring you here. Thank um, you. But we cannot talk about my mama, or I will not get through this show. Beautiful. No, I, yeah, I just want to send my condolences. I, you know, thank um, you so much, sweetheart. Yeah. So. Thank you. Um. Well, what did you bring for us tonight? I'll tell you what. I'm going to play. I'm going to do something. Okay. I want you to name name my poem, and that's what's going to be it. Um, Just make up any name? Whatever comes to you. I want, I want it to be whatever comes to your heart, not your mind. Um, heart-shaped balloon. Heart-shaped blue? Heart-shaped balloon, like a balloon, blow up a balloon, medium balloon. Okay. That's a hard one, huh? Heart-shaped balloon. I'll do it. Of course, I see the light. I see a day of a life of fresh air. I wonder do they care because our heart is floating everywhere, blowing up in the whole entire world that I leave a message across. Some days I seem found, some days I seem lost, but my heart, heart filled up like a balloon, my heart is that balloon that keeps going up in the air, showing that the wisdom is there, showing that the love is always there and not care. Some things that I try to repair. Sometimes it feels like all the air is going out my heart, my heart-shaped balloon. I stay tuned and be with the progress of calling. Make sure that I'm not falling to a place where it may seem like doom. But give me room to think, to be the unthinkable, to bring a place, day that my mind can rest, and more love that I invest. My heart is flying high. With all the helium, with all the ingredients to be a thinking man, well in the plan. 
so my heart is flying higher and higher and it's filled up with all my love that should be seen worldwide. Miss Automatic Charismatic Local Entity gives in the morning for up and dry. That was impressive. Always amazed me the way that you can just freestyle like that. Oh. <laughs> you know you're the shit. <laughs> you what, that wasn't professional? <laughs> you know, you could, you know what? The thing is, uh, ever since I've been hearing your show, I've been rocking with you. You know what I mean? I, I, I like how you coordinate the show. You know, yeah, man, we've been cool ever since. But I used to play that little joke game with you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And what's my next poem now? You want me to give you another one? Yeah, so it's like two props. Okay, you bad example. You know it was a prop. Bad example. Bad example. How can this world be careless? Letting a known person who persecuted people be in the established eyes of everybody can look around the corner and they tear up people like vultures. I am a deacon of defense. The world has intense Finding a KKK every day of my life, I have fresh breath. Walking down, hoping that that bad example of a rope around my neck and the massive of the disrespect that America neglect. I'm a bad example. I cannot be. If I'm Malcolm X talking. While the wolves keep stalking, looking at me, wanting me to be ripped of my flesh and selfless. Be a good slave. You be a good boy. You go ahead and do what I tell you do, boy, and go right into that plantation. I evaluate the words of my mind of Frederick Douglass. Let me educate. Now I could be... Like Christmas Atticus, let me legislate. Let me be the one like the Boston Tea Party. I deep and change the flavor of my own nature. Uh, let me be like Marcus Garvey and talk to the people. How uh, we could become as one. But this is the saying of my of the sun right in my skin. This all sets the whole solar all over again. Bad example of more people who be in this lame, lame light. Because the lame has no lime and we run out of time. Giving of a world to re- review, showing what my people have been going through. Sprayed fire hose, hit by the dogs. 
my world is in this time. Let me anticipate. Let me purify your own mind. And let me be a chap like Muhammad Ali. Some snakes are good, but some snakes are bad. But can I let any snake come in through? This is not a place for to hate anybody who's not black. This is a time to educate what has happened, what's not taught, or what's brought. Classroom could be a bad example. They're not teaching the truth. So in my mind, I had to magnify and only regroup. But if we're not educating, we just simply run out of time. Mr. Automatic Charismatic, the lyrical thing is in the morning, pipe and drive. That was me clapping for you. <laughs> and I need to get a clapping Friday. sound effect. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You you could get um, you know, like you know, down. I I used to run a switchboard. And I used to do um um, blog talk radio. Have you ever looked mm-hmm. at BPE on blog talk? You can see some of my shows. Oh, VPE. Um, what I does have, that stand for? Uh, let's start off with uh, vehicle poultry entertainment. Then I changed it to Viper. Now I got my LLC, which is Mr. AC Viper Vision. And Mr. AC <laughs> Viper is a acronym, which is my name, Mr. AC, and then vehicle intellectual intellectual poetry entertainment radio with a vision. Very cool. All right, give your Facebook page one more time, sweetheart. Oh, it's um my Facebook page is uh, Larry Shepherd. Uh I am my name is uh Miss Automatic Charismatic when I'm performing. Um I have a website. I can help people. Uh, it's going to be different things on my website. Uh, one of the things that's going to happen is I'm going to have playback radio like your show. I'm going to support people. So like the one boss dynasty movement. But uh, my website is www.mrac5revision.wordpress.com. Uh, that's coming soon. That's under construction. So, yeah, um, I'm, you know, I don't mind helping people. And I may be doing radio, may even ask you, ask the interview you, you know. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm scared. <laughs> that will be awesome. I will be awesome. All right, baby, you going to be here next week? Uh, I might be driving, but I'll, I'll, try. Well, I'll try. Get a chance to pull over. I hope you can. It's good to hear from you when you have time to call in, hon. I appreciate it so much when you are able to do that. Well, you know what? And, and, and you gave me two prompts. You didn't know that, right? That was two prompts. If you named the, you named the poem and I did it, that, that may up some of the prompts I didn't do. 
Yeah, but now you have to come back and listen to the archives and transcribe it so you have a copy of it. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> yeah, downloaders. Okay. Otherwise, you know, you have no record of that poem. I mean, yeah, that would make me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, the one boss honesty. I'm on that playback on my website. I'm on, so I mean, like, use your show. Yeah. I've done that before. You go on my website. I've got tracks you've sent me like that. Yeah. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much, and we will we will be here if you can be here, okay? All right, then. Much love. Much love, Nala. Thank you, then. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's bring on Mr. Douglas Curry. Five eight five. You are on there. Well, hello, hello, hello. Hello, sweetheart. We can hear you. Great, great. First of all, uh, you have my condolences. I won't venture any further into that uh, because that's all that's necessary. The rest is understood. Um, Let's just do this. So this is, uh, I don't know why I've been writing a lot on this subject here lately, but there's been certain, there's one event that's known as the Holocaust, but then there are at least three for proportion that I can think of. One is the one that's rightly called the Holocaust and the decimation of the Jewish population in Europe in the mid-1900s. The other one, which is probably far worse, was decimation of the native population of this hemisphere from time from the 1400s straight through to now. Mm -hmm. The other one, of course, was the repopulation of Africans dispersed throughout the world and their homeland being plundered and their labor being plundered everywhere they went. So let's read Holocaust that I think of. This is uh, about that, and this is called Purest Evil. I went in uh, in 39 to the fennel farm. They took me in 1940. I went to the camp. Said I stole a horse. Gave me 10 years. They just opened my shop, everything I owned. We had beans on the side of the road. I lost 60 pounds. I killed the boy for a stale cracker. I killed the boy for messing with me. Got some more time. I held the man's hand as his eyes rolled and his life left. I saw a man tore apart by the tracking dog. Our women were sent to the pleasure houses for the soldiers. We picked cotton, corn, game. They took our hair, gold teeth, and skin. I lost my left arm in the harvest machine. My toes fell off from gangrene, frostbite, no shoes. I got out in 59. I'd right on to another farm. Russians got us out. All my family 
was gone. Them places was a mess, wasn't they? Yes, they were, my friend. Angola, Sri Lanka, Sugar Land, Dachau, Parchman, Auschwitz. Weren't they about bad as bad could be? Purest evil. And Paul. Wow. Do you record any of your stuff, Doug? <laughs> not not very often. Not unless I do it for well, a particular reason. Would you record a few things and uh, send them to me to put on the shows and put in the show's library to play on the air when you get a yeah, chance? I'll be, happy. I'll be happy to do that. The, the next thing I'm going to give you right here actually has been recorded but I didn't have the medium available to send or didn't think about sending. It's going to appear somewhere in Cybersphere uh, for Mother's Day. program is called Listen to Your Mother. Listen to Your Mother. And uh, I was asked to contribute to it, and I wrote and read this piece, and uh, there's been not the best of communication, although I think everyone's intentions are good, but the communications have been less so. So um, otherwise, I probably wouldn't give this to you. Now, I'm going to read this now, but I've already recorded it. Uh, it's called Mars Home Run. As the batted ball whistled through the grass and eluded the outfielders, the batter touched first base and without looking down to see it, stepped on second without hesitation, on her way to third. Wow. She she slowed up going around the third base and jogged easily at the home, breathing hard, her face flushed. Home run. The picnic crowd broke into whoops, hollers, and cheers for my mother, the slugger. I was overcome with excitement and glee from this. I never knew my mom was a baseball player. I was used to her display of resolve. As carrying worn shopping bags, she trudged down the street toward home, worn out from a long day of day's work. And I knew her to be a proud, proud of her homemade pound cake we, we enjoyed with red jello on Sundays while watching the Ed Sullivan show. And more than once, I had seen her fierceness it's a funny someone concerning one of us kids. But baseball, softball, there was determination to it. There was swagger to it. There was joy all about it. I was forever smitten by Ma's example of the imperative and the sheer joy of going for it, of winning. I did not know it then. But by following my mother's example, I would too I too would become a winning baseball player myself. I was among about thirty amateurs who attended an invitation only tryout at Shea Stadium in a on a sweltering summer day in June of nineteen sixty nine. We were a promising crop of high school to college age baseball players, known to the New York Met scouting and coaching personnel. Some of us had been to Shea Stadium, but most had never ventured onto the field. On this day, the stadium crew was loading in the gear of the St. Louis Cardinals, a perennial tenant contender who would begin a three-game series against the Mets that night. 
Most of us ball players knew each other from scholastic play and constant amateur play over the years and across the many neighborhoods comprising the city's entrenched baseball culture. As we were pitted against each other in an intra-squad game, I was stationed in center field, taking advantage of my speed and my superior throwing arm. From there, I watched the hitter I knew well approach the batter's box. He was a stocky left-handed kid whom I had seen hit thunderous home runs against some of the best of the city's amateur pitchers. I instinctively moved back closer to the fence and over toward the right field foul line. This guy was known to pull the ball with great power. The lefty struggled against two curveballs and was a pitch away from being struck out when he caught a high fastball and sent it soaring above my head, sailing toward the right center field fence. At the loud crack of the bat, I turned and sprinted, looking up and followed the gleaming white orb in its descent, heading toward the outfield fence, my long strides eating up the distance, my cleats chewing up the Shea Stadium outfield grass. I felt the crunch of the warning track underfoot and knew that the fence was near, and with a great leap, I thrust my glove about two feet above the eight-foot-high fence, my body crashing into it, and I landed without the ball, pain in my shoulder, and a pang of disappointment, but but the pang of disappointment, but felt I had shown good speed and great hustle. The scout who had summoned me to the tryout later chastised me. Curry, I know you can run, and I've seen you jump for those bad throws when you play first base. So if you had just run for the ball instead of looking up, what the hell were you looking for? You knew where it, where it was coming down when you first heard it hit and saw it take off. All you had to do was run there, like Willie Mays in 1954. Confidence. Know it and just go do it. You should have had that one. Willie Mays catch in 54. Yes, the dazzling Willie Mays running the bases with reckless abandon. I see my mother. Round in second base without looking down. My mother, who did what had to be done, she cleaned other people's houses, challenged landlords, and fought the schools, and along with my dad, moved her children through poverty, <clears throat> through their poverty, over to better and more, I'm sorry, through their poverty to ever safer and better neighborhoods. Her home run is her children and grandchildren having a fighting chance in life. Rest in peace, Ma. Happy Mother's Day. Wow. Wow. I think you made me speechless. It was a very strange thing. It, and it, it only, the connection between those events only dawned on me when I'm bothered to think about it. I became a baseball player, and the first time I saw baseball as a human interaction was at a picnic where my mother was playing softball. And I do remember being so impressed at how happy and gleeful and persistent she was. This was something you could throw yourself into. You could apply yourself to. You could still have a good time and beat the other guy but still have a good time and be civil. And um, 
that that was the first time that I became attracted. So I never had really connected my own excellence in playing baseball with the the initial attraction to it by watching my mom play in, in the softball game. But that's where I got it from. That's where I got it from. And, um, you know, I, I saw her running around the bases like, wow, look at her go. <laughs> you know, this is my mother. She, you know, she washes dishes and cooks pound cake. And um, so when I thought about writing this piece, I said, you know, that is right. You know, she, you know, I, when I think about, you know, the dazzling Willie Mays as he was in the, in the 1960s, that was the impression I had of her on that day. And that's what that is amazing. Me. Huh? That just makes my heart happy. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, you know, you might, you might never stop and realize. Yeah, I was influenced to play baseball because I saw my mother play baseball one day, and then you know, and then we went on did everything else the children do, but somehow I found my way to the baseball field. Baby. And I know what baseball means to you. Huh? Said, and I know what baseball means to you. Part of my DNA. Mhm. Yeah. So, happy Mother's Day to all. So, what else are you gonna read, my dear? Well, I can read more. I'll give you more. Wait a minute. <laughs> I love that. So I might have. Oh, so over the weekend we had a uh, we had a uh, celebration of a great poet in our town who we call the be- a bebop poet. You know, he was a street poet and. He- you know, you might see him walking down the street doing poetry, playing a kazoo, but he was a for real <laughs> literate poet. He was a real poet. His name was Bobby Johnson. And the first poem I ever wrote, <clears throat> when I saw I had a poem in my hand, I, the first thought that came to my head Bobby Johnson. I wanted to see it, right? Um, but he died. Uh, but he he died after he got to know that I really appreciated him. And I was one. And late in late in life, he lost his ability to speak through muscular dystrophy or something. So he would still come out to events, and he would, you know, he couldn't really speak, but you know, people would acknowledge him. He would acknowledge that, and he recognized that he was someone special to me. So we had a celebration for him, a very legit art place in Rochester. And uh, then we had kind of an after party, which was a gathering of, of friends and family at a church where I was the MC for the open mic. And uh, so that was an interesting and good thing to do. So I don't know if I uh, if I gave you this poem before. I think I might possibly have. I should probably keep a log, but I don't want to do that, of what I do, where, and when. <laughs> but this is called Talking Shoes. So I had been um, I had taken a prompt on a on all poetry, and so I won part of the contest. And to go to the next part, yeah, this is why I don't do these things. <laughs> go to the next part, then you had to 
uh, the, the guy gave me two uh, words that I was going to do. Um, my next poem had to be about a pair of shoes. Okay. So I wrote this poem called Talking Shoes. It's a rhyme poem. Remember we stomped down to Kansas City. Yeah. Kicking ass that we both were shitty. And Elvis had old suede cousin Blue. Stole from Carl Anders' song, too. Old broad-shouldered Brogan Joe. He had cat put on his heel and toe. Mr. Sam put him on at the cat's paw shop. Like a sound like a horse. Clip clop, clip clop. And the high stood this grade from Stacy Adams. The players, musicians, even Count Basie had him. Those gators and snakes from the swamps down south are for smooth-talking players. Never land in their mouth. Remember Speedo, the little shoeshine boy? Man, what a touch. Mm-hmm. It was pure joy to see my reflection by just looking at you. And you could see yours in me, too. Some of us, so many of us, the world has known, molded, lasted, and finally sown. For every use and occupation, to tame a horse, defend the nation, a little the worse for wear. Lean to one side, bottom most bare. And me, yeah, I got a scratch in the scuff. On well, old pair of shoes, times can be rough. The clock, the clock, this closet floor is sure dark and dusty, and those funky clothes are kind of musty. The best box goes to the newer and sleeker, a pair of red bottoms or an Air Jordan sneaker. But they can't beat, they can't beat us when it comes to prancing. Doing the boogaloo, salsa, and dirty dancing. Wait a minute. The weight of the world we bear with no fuss. Ain't nothing like some boss kicks like us. And the poem. Incredible. Fun poem. I'm so glad you were able to call in tonight. Those were fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. I'm really glad to be here, especially get the read reforms. That's really special. And of course, I got to hear, you know, some other poets really stretch out and do their thing. I really do appreciate that too. You know, love being here on a Thursday when I can be here. It comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. In order for me to be here on Thursday, that means I have gone to my rehearsals and I have pre-recorded both my shows. You know. That's why I'm able to be here and not doing one of those, but that was worth what was worth. I still worthwhile. want to see one of your shows. I want to see a recording or a video of one of your shows or part of it or something. Somebody's got to it's got to be there somewhere. You know what? And and, and I keep telling you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find I'm gonna find some stuff. I'll find some stuff to send. Yeah, there's got to be. See, I'm the type that this is what I do. I do a piece of work and then go another, do another piece of work. You know, some people have have every reel, every clip. I, I do one piece of work, and really, honestly, before I'm finished with that one, I'm still still preparing the other one. You know, I'm never at the end of one. Let's start another. I'm at the end of one, and soon I'll be at the end of another, and soon I'll be at the end of another. So I do a piece of work mm-hmm. and, and keep going, and I don't readily, don't readily have, and it's too bad because, you know, I've had some momentous things that happen in my life, like that playing baseball and being on the radio, being on TV, all of those things that people normally keep mementos, well, I don't. 
and one day, you know, it w- there won't be anything but my word for it, which is good enough for me. So, all of which is to say, I can stop being silly and find you a uh, find you a couple of clips or something so you can see. I would actually love time. it. We have a great time doing it. Um, it's an outgrowth. It's informed by the poetry that we've done down through the years. If there hadn't been poetry, I wouldn't be doing theater. Yeah. It's true. You know, poetry, you know, when you're doing theater, you know, you're telling the story, and the best way to tell a story is to be the story. You know, the only thing exactly. that one I love that. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, if you write a poem and, and you you know you hand it to somebody else to read it or you speak it for them to hear it, but when you're doing theater, you're taking that same poem, but you're being that poem at that point. You know, you're not pretending to that. You're actually being that. You know, you're, you're gonna be that character. And I would recommend it to anybody. It's a place to lose a place to lose yourself in in seeking and in service of understanding something outside of yourself. Being someone being someone else. To see see how the world looks from somebody else's shoes. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would be happy playing roles that are oh yeah, that's just like me. I can just no, I'd rather you know Play something else. Play something where I have to really come to a, an understanding. With, you know what this who this character is, what he's feeling, what what the playwright is really trying to say about the world through him. So it's a it's one of those things. This is a lifelong pursuit, just like poetry. You know, I, to this day, I don't know about you, Anila, but I think I do that I don't think you're ever at a point where you're as good as you want to be with poetry or you've learned everything you need to know. I know that I haven't, and I don't expect that I ever will. But I'll always be in pursuit of it. I And, yeah, curiosity is my favorite thing in the world. How how would it be if we weren't didn't have the ability to be curious anymore? Yeah, well, you know, it's curiosity, but it's also it's also the acquisition of greater skill, greater knowledge, you know, challenging the you know the next horizon. I always want to know it's more. All, What's that next? Where does yeah, that road go? Yeah. Where does that road go? What's behind that corner? What's over that mountain? Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. sweetheart. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you, love. Yeah, sure. My name is Douglas Curry, and that's how I'm found on Facebook. Um, my writings are found on allpoetry.com, where my handle or my username is manchild, that's M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99, manchild99 on allpoetry.com. I am also the host of Blacks and Blues radio program. We're in our 41st year. At uh, on Friday night at nine o'clock uh, Eastern time at wrur.org dot org or differentradio.org. dot org. 
on a Friday night from 9 to midnight uh, Eastern time, and on Saturday night, 10 o'clock from 10 to 11 Central time at WDCB.org. So I kind of keep my hands busy. But I hope I meet with you all down the line tomorrow. Absolutely perfect. All right, sweetheart. Okay, babe. Take care of yourself. All right, everyone, take care. You too, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Bye now. All right. We have area code 506 and 815 as our last callers for the evening. 506, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. It's uh, Lady A, Andrea. How are you? Andrea. Hello, Andrea. Doing absolutely wonderful. How are you doing? I'm not doing too badly. Summer's summer's just about here, so that's a good thing for me. Daffodils are poking up. My grass is growing. Yep. I hear kittens caterwauling in the alley. Yep. The cats caterwauling. The shows, as they say en français here. The same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Summer's well, I here. really enjoyed uh, Manchild's... Um, poetry and his um, discussion, I um, have incredible. Him. Yeah, really great. I, I wouldn't mind having copies of, uh, or not copies, but I'd like to be able to read. I think it's it's easier to digest when you can read along as, as the poet um, recites their poetry. But, right? Uh, Jimmy sends me sometimes before he reads, and I think it's awesome when he does that. When anyone does that, because it makes it really easy for me. If the line cuts out, I don't miss something, and you know. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I won't keep you too long. I, I I'm going to read you a couple of love poems. Over, if you don't mind. Please. So this is called No Ordinary Love. My love is no ordinary love. Not like diamonds or emeralds or like the wonders of the Egyptian pyramids. I love you profoundly, without words, with bone-crushing power unseen or heard. I love you as the sands of the Gobi Desert, hiding life under the desert sun. No one can know the secrets of my heart, only you. You are my only one. When stars lose their light, when sun darkens, when moon falls from the sky, when birds no longer fly, when eternity is finite, when desert sands are counted, when snowflakes never fall, will I cease loving you? End poem. That was a love poem. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to be able to write about love and one that you've experienced, that's for sure. And especially when I'm sorry? I say especially when it's one you've experienced and when, you know, it's a precious thing to have felt that. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I've 
I uh, I don't know if I read this one before. I think I might have read that other this other one, but I have another one that uh, I wrote with regard to uh, being in love and uh, the beauty of that. And I um oh I'm trying to find it. I'm so sorry. Um, it is about loving somebody without even speaking the words out loud. Um, it's, oh, I had it a few minutes ago. I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I was prepared. I really promise you I was prepared. You're, you're absolutely fine. Um, I'm fine. Okay. I think I've passed it. Um, I haven't called in for a while, um, and I get your invitations all the time, and I wanted to tell you thank you for that. Um, always sending me an invitation to come and join you. Um, I don't always. I know that have... life happens and we can't always be here, but you need to know that when you're not here, you're still loved and missed, and you're still part of the family, and there's still an empty chair at the table waiting for you when you can come back. You know, this is home. Oh, beautiful. I just think that's amazing. And um, okay, I, I hear. I, here it is. It's called without words. I appreciate that, Nyla. I really do. Um, so without words, I knew. He knew. Without one word, we knew. Magnetic force, irresistible energy, long lost, found their way back. Multiple previous lives traveling through time, a journey meant to be. That night, that moment, stars aligned. Cupid's arrow pierced both. Without words, we knew. One body, arms and hands melting like candle into each other. No need for words. We were the words. We were centuries of love, transcending time, space, and eternity. We were love. Without words, have you ever loved someone and they loved you back silently? Blue eyes, green eyes fall into the abyss. We were destined for unspoken love like a waterfall flowing into the estuary below, our own language, one love, without words and poem. Yeah, I think that's, I've known, I've, I've known that in my life, you know, where wow. somebody hasn't had to say anything. They just do something, and you know. Yep. Best, isn't it? It's just so. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be labeled. It's just pure. Yeah. It's uh, it's the most amazing thing I ever experienced in my life, and um, I I wish that uh, everybody could. And un- unfortunately, I think there are a lot of people who who never um, experience that. Experience it? No, they don't. And. Uh, I have another one, if I may, or if there's no time, I understand. You can do one more. We've got one caller after you, and then we're done for the night. Okay. This is called Indian Summer. It's not a long one. Indian Summer, warm breeze off the water. Early sunsets fall into the sea. We watch just him and me. Fingers clasp, reach within like vines and twine therein. Love speaks music covering us, splashing potions on skin, infusing, penetrating, percolating, and rendering helplessness. 
melting into each other, our silent shouts, the emotions stirred. Indian summer, warm breeze off the water, we are fluid, we move as one in sync, like sheaves of golden wheat sway in summer's wind. Love songs, sweet and tender, created graze, our lips fated, no deeper love made it, no words articulated can tell the world we love, touch and breathe as one. Indian summer, warm breeze off the water, tu es l'amour de ma vie, je t'adore, je t'aime pour eternity. End poem. That was beautiful. All of them, very beautiful, sweetheart. I've missed your reading. Thank you so much. It's you should not let that chair go empty for so long. I know. <laughs> I, I I do appreciate you always sending me an invitation, and I see them all the time. And I I um, it's been a rough couple of years for me, but uh, I'm trying to uh, plug my way through. And and uh, I appreciate you. Well, we're here for you whenever you need to vent or just breathe or whatever you want to do. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. This is a safe place for you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, tell everyone how to find you. Oh, just on Facebook, Andrea Wheaton, All Poetry, Lady A. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, thank you so much. Appreciate you, and we will talk to you as soon as you can be here. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome, honey. Okay. Our next caller comes from 815, but I want to let 919 Granville, I see you on the lines, but you have not pressed one. So I don't know if you want to come on and read tonight. So Granville, if you want to come on, share something tonight, press one if you're just there hanging out. If I've talked so long, you've fallen asleep, whatever, I understand. (laughs) Granville, if you want to come on, press one so I know it's okay to unmute you. Our next caller comes from area code 815. You are on the air. Happy Thursday now, there's Gina Stone. Hey, Gina, how are you, sweetheart? I am much better this week than I was last week. Um, much like Andrea, as you know, sometimes we just, we go through things. I, I, I said the life got in the way. So I missed a few mics. I haven't been able to share as much as I'd like. Um, I was a redhead stepchild last time I was on. Um, that has resolved itself. I'm at my mom's right now. And um, just I'm happy and blessed to, to be here to to share poetry. I am glad and blessed that you are here, so I cannot wait to see what you share. How about that? I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, I'm going to tell you something, This and this is wonderful. I I love, you know, every month there's something to celebrate. You know what I mean? This is one of those months where I um, advocate so that people have um, an understanding as to what takes place when, when one suffers from lupus. And my thought is I don't ever want to be the person who is the poster child for um, lupus, but I want people to understand it and appreciate that um, there are many people like myself who battle something every day, and even though our bodies are imperfect, you know, our hearts are in a good place, and we just simply need microphones so that we can share with others, you know, our experiences and, and 
and our joys, not just our woes. Because one of the wonderful things about being chronically ill is no matter what your diagnosis is, you still can live and thrive and be all right. And being in constant pain sometimes makes people angry. And I, I use it as motivation. I push myself forward through the pain rather than lie down and allow it to be all encompassing. Yeah. So we have options in life, and I've just been exercising mine. <laughs> Good girl. I appreciate that so much. So um, some other people were saying this, and, and I love Dirk Corey as well. I think I came in on his first piece. Um, I would have called sooner, but um, second, my, my mom's sister is my aunt. And I've always been her sidekick and her travel companion. So I call her second mom. Second mom had to go to bed. She was exhausted. She went to a um, retirement party for a family friend. This is her official retirement. She, I think she actually retires in a month. But we'll be there for that. And she went to the one that was given by the school district that she also retired from as well as my mother. So um, I, I want to celebrate moms with my first piece. And I don't I don't know if I have time to do two, but I would definitely do this one. And I'm going to freestyle it because I had something I wanted to read, and then I was like, you know what, nah. I'm going to um, gonna do what I always do when I come here because it's one of those situations where I have been known for so long as a freestyle spoken word artist that I wanted to do a freestyle for you and the listeners tonight. I would love to hear it. Go ahead. All right, sis. I, I, I was trying to think what to call it. Okay, I'm just going to simply title it Mom. Mom is a name, but it's also a title. And I know lots of women who were pregnant who had no live birth. And to me, they're still a mom because inside their wombs, there was a life, even if it never was able to be to come through the birth canal or through cesarean section, come to be and breathe their first breath. If they died while inside of their mom, they were still there. And for those moms who on Mother's Day weep, I wanted to give something to all of you, so to speak. See, I was one of those women who was told that she would not be able to have children and Although I've been pregnant four times with five children, I have one child, the only live bird. I was six months pregnant when my water broke. She weighed three pounds and 14 ounces, which is less than a bag of sugar, if you can imagine. She was very small. She fed inside of my hand's palm. Bones were small, and they were weak and fragile. She had a soft spot that went from the top of her head to the space between her eyebrows. She was covered in fine hair all over, top to bottom. She actually looked like a rodent more than a human child, I'll be honest. I didn't take any pictures of that time in her life because I didn't want any memory of it. But it is engraved in my mind. So for all the moms who were pregnant and did not have a child, for all the moms 
raised children that they did not give birth to but were called Mambai. I have several bonus children, and I am the mother of only one. But I am blessed, and I'm one of those women, not like many in my life, but I have multiple mothers, and for me it just feels right. I know that people often say that it takes a village to raise a child, but moms are a necessity. Not to notice that there's anything negative or any energy that men bring into the table that's not a necessity. Mm-hmm. This is the week and celebrate mom. See, my mom yesterday turned 71. Today would have been her 22nd wedding anniversary with my stepfather in the house that I own. I call it the house that love was built upon. I've never seen my mother being loved the way that she deserved until she married that man. He was not my father while living here on the earth. And even though he and both my dad and my grandfather have all passed away, I always have memories of those men in my heart. But it's my mom, my mother's, even my poetry mom that I share with you, Nyla, Mama Older Daisy all in necessity because it's not whether or not you gave birth or whether or not you have children who reside on the earth. There are so many women who are nurturers, providers, and loving for multiple generations. And for all of these women, I simply straighten your crown while you can hear them and say, Mom, you're necessary. You're needed. A value in your love. I'm Gina Storm. Thank you for indulging me. You know, I love that poem. And there was a line in you when you said, you know, there's mothers who are not mothers, who nurture and love the world and take care. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what you said. And that that works. It works for me, too, because I don't know what I said. It was a freestyle, but yeah. Something like that. You, know, you said that because one of my very best friends in the world is like that. And she is she's absolutely a mother to the world. She has more love in a glance than I have seen in most people in a lifetime. She is just the most beautiful, incredible person. And I tell her all that all the time. You know, you you are a mother. The world. Humanity yeah. is your children. You love them that way. You love absolutely. people that way. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me happy. So happy Mother's Day to you, Martha. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Sister. And, and Gina, I love, I love you. Happy, happy, happy all the things to you. Thank you. I, you know what's sad? I didn't even realize it, but um, today's the 11th of May. So in 2014, I got married on May 9th. And the reason I got married on May 9th is because May 9th was the day that my stepfather proposed to my mom. Yet they got married on the 11th, and she was born on the 10th. And some years, those dates would all run concurrent, where it would be, you know, her proposal date or or the day she got engaged and then the the day that she was born. And and sometimes she would share that with Mother's Day and then the day that she got married. And all I can say is one day, hopefully, before too much time has passed, I will have that kind of love again. And I've been mostly mourning and not interested in dating. But I know eventually 
Um, my heart is full of love, and I will seek it again and hope that a man who is worthy will find me, and I'll be his good thing. So this used to be a very hurtful time for me where I would just be constantly crying, and I would say, oh, my God, I'm, I'm one teardrop from a nervous breakdown. Not this year for some reason, and I'm humble and I'm grateful. I'm very thankful. I appreciate you so much, honey. I can't even tell you. I don't even have words. Thank you. I'm glad that I made it now because I didn't want you to send out the FBI on a search and rescue mission because I told my mom all day. No, I've been doing that lately. There's people that I'm, like, freaked out and haven't heard from in a while, and you guys just can't do that to me. I, I miss two phone calls Absolutely. I missed the phone call from Rebel P. Jones, and I missed the phone call from Clarence Ferguson, Jr. So um, C-34 Music is my big brother, Dexter, and I'm his little sister, Dee Dee. And whenever he's in the lab, I don't care what he's working on, I need to hear it. And Rebel and I, we run pieces by each other when we first write something new, and he's been so absorbed with school that I don't always catch them on mics. So I don't know if they were in queue tonight or you got to hear something from them, but what I will say in their absence, because I know this is being recorded, I love you, brothers, and I'm okay. And I will, with every fiber of my being, try to be here again next Thursday. Oh, and you can find me on social media. Um, basically, Jenna with an E, storm like inclement <laughs> weather, but I am sunshine on a rainy day. And you can find me anywhere there's poetry. And on Thursday nights, when possible, catch me at the Speakeasy Cafe. I'll be here with something new to say. Thank you, Nala. I love you, sis. And happy Mother's Day. I love you, too, sweetheart. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Bye. Okay. Okay. All right, everyone. You've been listening to Speakeasy Cafe, open mic poetry show, The Sound of Ink. You are amazing, both callers and listeners alike. Appreciate you so much. And I am going to close the show with a track by, uh, let's do uh, Bright Bard, and it's uh, Girl Code. Let's do that one. All right, everyone. Good night. We'll see you next week. Girl Code 101, we are the finaglers, the exceptions, the girls who have not run the mile in four years, who layer deep v-necks with excuses, eyelashes, bat wiffle balls at the male gym teachers. We are the girls taught to survive by using our bodies as Swiss army knives. Calculated scrunch nose giggles and friendly forearm lingers. You're so funny, please don't touch me. We convince ourselves there is protection in being polite. No, you can go first. Girls, we have to be nice. Male kindness is so alien to us, we assume it is seduction every time. We remember age nine, the first time we are catcalled. Twelve fraudulent bodies calling us women before we have the chance to. Thirteen, the year dad says wearing short skirts in the city is like driving without a seatbelt. Fifteen, we are the unmarked tardies, waved attentions, honorable mentions, and lush floral dresses. Sixteen, we are the public school mannequins. Seventeen, we know the answer, but do not raise our hands. Instead, we are answering to guidance counselors who ask us, well, what were you wearing? 
their voices clinkless toasts. We are let off the hook from hall monitors, retired football coaches who blow kisses and whisper Little Miss lipstick into our ears in the high school cafeteria. We shiver, but hey. At least we still get away without wearing our student IDs. This is not female privilege. This is survival of the prettiest. We are playing the first game we learned how to. We are the asses smacked by boys who made welcome mats of our yoga pants. We are easily startled. Who wouldn't be? We are barked at from the street. We are the girls petrified of the business school boys who learn to manifest success by refusing to take no for an answer. And I wonder what it says about me that I feel pretty in a dress, but powerful in a suit. If misogyny has been coiled inside of me for so long, I forget I will not stand before an impatient judge with an Adam's apple, hand-grasping gavel, ready to pound a wooden mark. Give me a God I can relate to. Commandments from a voice both soft and powerful. Give me one accomplishment of Mary's that did not involve her vagina. Give me decisions. A wordless wardrobe, an opinionless dress. Give me a city where my body is not public property. Once, my friend and I got catcalled on Michigan Avenue, and she said, fuck you, while I said, thank you, like I was trained to. Give it up one more time for Black Bell Judges. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.